All right, Annie, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for coming. No problem at all. Thanks for having me here. Oh, absolutely. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. So, uh, welcome to my podcast, which I'm still trying to figure out a name for. Yeah. <laughs> in this weird room, which, mm-hmm. by the way, sorry for the mess. Oh, no, no, you're fine. Yeah. I've seen messier, probably. This yeah. is nothing. Yeah, this is not that bad. Yeah. Uh, for me, this is actually pretty decent. However, <laughs> I knew you were coming. I should have prepared a little bit better, but I'm a little lazy. I apologize. Um, I do- I'm not offended at all. You're fine. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> all right, so why don't you introduce yourself to the audience? Oh, hello. Um, let's see. Where do I start? My name is Annie. I'm I'm an American citizen. I'm from the U.S. East Coast. Represent. Um, I identify with Philadelphia, so I would say I'm from Philly. Philly. But uh, of course, hometown is in New Jersey. My family's living there now. Uh, born and raised in the states. Came over to Korea in the summer of 2014 and been here since. We went back for, of course, a small little break, but then I came back again. Nice. So been here for a while. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Are you Are you one of those things that everybody calls lifers? Are you going to be a lifer? What's a lifer? A lifer, I guess, is somebody who like comes to Korea like never goes back. <laughs> no, yeah. that's definitely not going to be me. Okay. Going to be me. I actually want to continue living abroad and working abroad, but nice. I don't... Actually, that's the opposite of me. I don't like to stay in one place for too long. You're the same as me. Really? Yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm the same way. I, I like to stay in places for like maybe two or three years tops. Right, yeah. And then I have to go somewhere else. Like the world mm-hmm. is just too vast for me to just stay in one place. It doesn't matter yeah. how much I love it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So if you've been here for that long, then I'm assuming your time is maybe coming to a close? Or, actually, I'm or... still here for a while. Okay. Yeah, I just recently uh, renewed, oh, actually picked up a new place. Okay. And I'm working at a new school now and it's been great. I'm working with some old former co-workers of my from the past and we get along really well we communicate really well nice and it's it's been great i like it so far nice that's awesome mm-hmm. so what's what's the next place you're going to go to then have you decided i work wise yeah. i definitely want to go to the middle east oh really what part jordan if possible that's awesome been yeah. there lived there really yeah yeah jordan's a great country what what part do you want to go to do you know i prefer to go somewhere around petra if not then i'm on but yeah why why were you in jordan uh, i was in the peace corps there Oh, really? For yeah. two years, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, well, I was there for 14 months. Okay. I had interrupted service. Some oh, some things went down. Right. Uh, but yeah, so I was there about four, 14 months. I was in Tefila, okay. uh, which is about an hour, uh, I want to say north of Petra. Okay. Yeah, so it wasn't that far. Actually, wow. the funny thing is, is that I used to go to Man, which is the governorate, yes. uh, Petra, mm-hmm. like, quite often mm-hmm. for reasons that i'm not going to state but mm-hmm. or i'll tell you later because i don't want to you know get anybody in trouble <laughs> but uh, yeah petra's or the area around petra is very nice yeah um of course Amman is good too mm-hmm. um but it's very city and very like congested extremely congested <laughs> in a lot of ways yep. but it is very majestic at the same mm-hmm. time and, yeah. and i think you would really enjoy it yeah and any reason why you want to go there though why jordan i actually went there for about a week to do research part nice. of my program in the past it was, uh, I was an undergrad and the program I was doing in DC, um, basically brought us abroad for about a month or okay. so. Nice. And we did one week in Jordan where we were able to do some research on the ground, meet some political groups, um, some NGOs, kind of research the conflict between Jordan and other neighboring countries. Right. And it was actually just for me. I actually really loved the country. Yeah. We did a lot of visits to a lot of refugee camps as well. Yeah. And for me, that's a, very particular um, interest, I guess, for me. Okay. My parents were both refugees as well. Right. So I kind of grew up with the idea of like war and conflict in mind, and that's what I've been wanting to do all my life. Right. And so that's why I studied it. 
So when I went to Jordan, I just kind of felt this is where I need to be, at least for a while. Right. And especially at the refugee camps that we had gone to, I connected so well with, for me, I just felt a deep sense of belonging there for a while. So I always promised myself I would go back. Okay, and good. And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of the story there. Nah, that sounds yeah. amazing. <laughs> uh, which camps did you go to? <clears throat> I forget the name, actually. I've written it down, and it's really hard for me to pronounce, so maybe right. later I can pull it up for you. Yeah, yeah, I would, I'm yeah. definitely curious. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't go to any. I almost went to Zatari, but mm. we were not allowed to go up there, obviously. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. but um, there were a couple of volunteers who lived north, and I was going to visit them, mm-hmm. and then I think something happened, and then my permission was denied. Oh. So, yeah, oh. that didn't happen. <laughs> what year did you, guys, did you go to uh, Jordan? Oh, uh, that's a good question. Remember. I was there... From I think October 2012 to like December 2013. What I was there when you were there. Oh really? Yeah. Oh man, that's crazy. <laughs> I was crazy. there spring of 2013. Oh yeah, yeah, we were there. Obama bro. was there when we were there. Yeah, Obama was there. Actually, I went to the meeting that he had. Really? Yeah. I was he- in the actual area who were because we were supposed to go to Petra. That morning, I would think yeah. it was Saturday, and we were, it was part of our itinerary, and suddenly our program director the night before said, oh, by the way, we can't go until afternoon because Obama will be there. Right. Like, darn you, Obama. Yeah, that's crazy. Just ironic, but yeah. That is really crazy. Yeah, we were all really invited. Fun. All the volunteers were invited, Whoa. and uh, yeah, like we were, we thought we were going to get special treatment, and we were like, yeah, come say hi to the volunteers, because there was only like yeah. 50 of us, mm-hmm. you know, like total. Like, Did you actually get to say hi to him? No, no. Aww. Actually, I, I think one of my volunteers, uh, one of my fellow volunteers actually got to shake his hand. What? I think it, I think it was my friend Tom, cool. if I'm correct. Yeah, but mm-hmm. that was it. We the rest I couldn't even see him. I'm mm-hmm. short, you know, so I definitely didn't <laughs> see him. I and there was no way to get up there. Like there was a bunch mm-hmm. of people like who were in my way. So I was like, there's no way I'm gonna see him. Mm-hmm. But it was cool like listening to him talk and then being there Whoa. and just being in that presence, Sweet. you know. Really cool. Dang, we were both there at the same time. When Obama was there. Yeah, yep. yeah. <laughs> That's tight. You mm-hmm. know, some people will say small world. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a small world at all. Oh yeah. I just think it's like But I do have a lot of the small world instances in my life exactly yeah well i remember oh sorry continue it's fine yeah no i was just thinking that like i think i read an article saying that only like 10 percent of the american population has a passport um and then like only a certain portion of that portion Mm. of people actually travel so actually (laughs) use it right so i'm like i'm not really that surprised that Mm. you know people from america like have had or been to similar countries or have met each other abroad or stuff like that because it's mm-hmm. a, such a small portion of people mm-hmm. and especially if you're going to work abroad i mean mm-hmm. there's only a certain amount of fields that you're going to be doing mm-hmm. you know most of the time it's either government work right ngo work or you're going to be teaching abroad mm-hmm. so For you sure. know nine times out of ten you're going to probably meet somebody or be in like in a similar place as somebody else like it's mm-hmm. going to happen um at least in my experiences mm-hmm. And this is just one of them, you know. This is yeah. just this is just like one experience. So that's pretty cool. Actually. That's just crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> so okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't we do this? Why mm-hmm. don't we get into it? Okay. Right. So why don't we start off with what you are passionate about? What you really love? Why you love it? Why you think oh. other people should be interested? Or you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of go from there. And I'll just let you let you roll. I have so many things I'm passionate about. Okay. Yeah, go through I just all burn them. my time through everything. Oh, nice. <laughs> cool. Like, I love music and art and drawing. And then I also love kids and studying. And I love to be outside and nature. I guess mm, passionate work-wise yeah. or passionate hobby-wise. Anything. Or it could be anything. a combination. Oh. It doesn't have to be one <laughs> thing either. 
Mm-hmm. It, can, it can be many things. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be one thing. I'm just curious. Okay. I'm like, you know, why is it you're passionate about these things, right? What oh. types of influences have these mm-hmm. these uh, these items have over you? And, you mm-hmm. know, maybe you have over them as well. So, yeah. Ooh, okay. I would say my biggest passion would be music. Okay. One of the biggest ones I would say is music. I love music since probably since I was born. And I don't even remember when this happened. But so I started piano when I was really young. Okay. And I always did it for years and years. And of course, I got to the age where I rebelled against it and didn't want to go to classes anymore. And then I would ask my mom, why did you make me start piano so early? And she told me, you're the one who begged me to take piano (laughs) lessons. And I said, really? She said, yeah. And I said, how old was I at that time? And she told me that I was about four years old, maybe, or three. I thought, oh, okay, that makes sense. I probably just fell in love with it. But since then, and even to this day, everything I do is probably music-based or art-based. The way I live my life, the way I walk, the way I speak and everything, it kind of has a hint of art in something. So I would say the biggest thing I have in my life that defines me would be art. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. And when you say music and art, like what type (laughs) of music specifically? And then art, like what kind of art are we talking about? Is this just like... You know, drawing, like mm-hmm. animated art, or is this kind of like well, art uh, in every sense? Art in every sense? Okay. Yeah, All right. Like so I, tell me more. Tell me more. Uh, like, I love, if we're to spe- uh, specify drawing, for example, I just love to sketch mainly with black and white okay. uh, medium. So if I use pencil or charcoal or anything, but I love seeing art in everything. If I'm walking around, I love architecture. I love uh, just nature. I love landscape. I love interior design. I love clothes and fashion and just everywhere where you could see someone put effort into designing something it kind of screams out oh this could be improved on or this was perfect the way it is or this was you kind of read into how they wanted to shape that and design that and then music i love to dance to it i love to sing to it if it has a beat i love anything with bass i realize (laughs) so it can be heavy metal or it can be pop or r&b or anything as long as it has great bass and you can sing along to it or dance along to it or it has great soundtrack for a movie. Okay. Um, just anything that really sounds kind of cliche, but anything with soul in it. Right. You could feel the yeah, composer's feel thoughts yeah. and their emotions. Nice. So nice. Uh, it's hard to describe. I'm not sure if I'm very clear with what I'm thinking. No, but... I mean, yeah, I mean, well, of course, when you're explaining something like around mm-hmm. music and art, it's kind of hard to find like the correct words to properly right. convey those feelings about mm-hmm. how you feel about it. Yeah, trust me, I get it. But <laughs> but let's dig a little bit deeper. So how about we talk about some of your favorite artists, for example. Mm. Uh, so let's talk about maybe mm-hmm. some of your favorite musical artists and then maybe uh, artists that you admire um, or follow mm. or maybe uh, try to emulate or you hold as mentors or mm. um, mm-hmm. idols, I guess, for the lack of a better word. So yeah, what about that? I realized that I don't really uh, have favorites okay. because there's always, if I were to like a certain certain band or artist there's always that one or maybe those two songs that i like specifically and there's not really a an album or it isn't their style of music exactly it's just that one or two songs that i really like um but it depends on the genre i realize i love to listen to songs from around the world okay because the language itself is also beautiful so i love to listen to korean music it's not too bad um Recently, not as much anymore, but in the past when I was in high school, I actually liked to listen to K-pop. I liked Big Bang. I liked 21. And now <laughs> nice. 21 is not here anymore. Yeah. Tear. Tear, right? <laughs> so sad. Yeah. Big Bang, it 
no, their music just changed o- over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked Japanese music a lot growing up. Okay, great. The language itself is beautiful. If anyone ever gets a chance to study it or yeah. even just to listen to it, there's a lot that they say through their language that can't be just can't be translated directly right because it loses that emotion right um it would sound cliche in the english language right whereas in their language it sounded poetic or beautiful right and then i love hearing spanish music okay and i guess those are the main three i actually love um music from where was that pakistan and India. Okay. They actually have really good music. <laughs> yeah, they do have a lot of... They have like, a lot of soul. Their voices are beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And um, so do you know the Japanese language then? I study it. Oh, yes, you studied it. I okay, great. It. Okay, yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm like, wow, she probably understands some of it, obviously. Yeah, okay. And oh, how about Spanish? Yeah, I love to study languages. Oh, so you love to study languages. Yeah. Okay, excellent. Music nice. really helps with that. Uh, Yeah, that's totally true. Definitely. Absolutely. And learning another mm-hmm. language. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. However, sometimes like when I study languages and I look at or I study songs, I'm like, I don't think I'm ever going to use any of this language <laughs> ever. Yeah, but there are some words in there that, of course, you can use. Right. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. True. And, um, you know, I meant to ask this earlier too, mm. and kind of backtracking a little bit. You said your parents were refugees. Yes. From which countries? Oh, hmm, I actually have if, a story. Was that a personal? Oh no, question? no, you're okay, fine. Right. Yeah. Actually, so they were both refugees from the Vietnam War. Okay. But interesting, just a few days ago, maybe three days ago, I finally found out my ancestry. Okay. Great. So this is like the perfect topic right now. Yes, let us know. Let the world know. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been told throughout my entire childhood mm-hmm. that, of course, my dad. Okay. And of course, looking at her, we were like, yeah, of course you are. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you don't look any Asian at all. Right. And no one believed her when she said she was Asian. So we we're like, okay, so you have. Right. But she was also told when she was younger, she never met her father. Right. Her father um, is French Canadian. Oh, okay. And. You know, I got to a certain age where I asked, how do you know (laughs) he's French Canadian if you've never met him? Yeah. And she was like, you know, everyone knew and I was too young to know. So when I grew up, they told me as I grew up, I'm like, hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The skepticism was there. Of course. So finally, just a few weeks ago, my mother took a DNA, like those DNA uh, ethnicity tests. Yeah. And I've been dying to figure it, like to learn about her background. Right. And background was actually a very... Um, what, how would I say? Very sensitive topic for me mm-hmm. for the longest time. But I think after she took this test, it kind of opened my eyes differently. Okay. How so? So, uh, first I'll tell you the results, which I think yes. were interesting. Yeah, and definitely. then I'll, it'll give good background to how I changed. So, my mother is, it turns out, of course, she's half Asian, as we, of course, assumed. No, right. <laughs> <laughs> and the other half, she's a huge mix of things, which nice. is really interesting. Um, her blood goes all the way back to Scandinavian, Middle East, um, Iberian Peninsula, uh, Br- um, British, and Eastern European. Uh, what else is there? There's just a mess of things. Oh, and then there's New Zealand as well. Nice. Just so many different things in there that I just, I was so amazed and so inspired because in the past, I was only told A and B. Right. And I think because I looked mostly one and mm. not as much as the other. People would group me with one. Right. 
And then growing up, I didn't think anything of it until I got into the teenage years when that's when, you know, people start using stereotypes or racist comments and such. Right. And then I always wondered, what is this idea of ethnicity? And I didn't like it. Right. So I actually rebelled against the idea of it. People asked me, what are you? And I would tell, say human, et right. cetera. Right. And it got to the point where I was actually very picky about it, where... If people were to say where they were from, I would accept it. I'd say, okay, that's how you identify yourself, but don't put me with any identity. Right, identity. of course, yeah. And it kind of got to the point where I was a little bit bitter, and mm. I knew it was unhealthy, so I felt bad. And people would still say, like, oh, Annie, you are this. Accept it, you are this. And I would say, well, that's not how I feel, and I don't speak that way, I don't do that, how am I that? But after this test and my mother finding out so much about herself, I kind of opened my eyes, my eyes differently where I realized there's, if I were to speak to all of those ancestors from all those areas and they went through all these historical events to get to this region and that region and eventually came out to be me, I think they would want me to just kind of, kind of be open. Like they would, would want me to be the best me as I possibly can and stay open-minded. Right. And just kind of don't, fret about identity because that will continuously change and not worry about it and just kind of say like i'm just a mutt <laughs> just right. like everybody else in the world <laughs> and i just had a, a huge burden was lift off so yeah it's been interesting yeah well, no that's days. that's absolutely amazing actually and then being able to find that out too mm -hmm. is probably like you said like a huge like weight lifts it off your shoulders yeah it's funny that you say that because i was like, the exact same way when i was younger because i'm multiracial really? as well and okay. when people ask me like oh you know what are you i'm like well i'm just i'm just mixed Right. And they're right. like, well, what do you mix with? I'm like, can I, I just want to be human. That's it. Can I just, <laughs> yes. That's not too much to ask for, right? Can mm -hmm. I can I just be that? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that would always annoy me. And then later on, it, it just really kind of got to a point where I was just like, well, I just say I'm mixed. And, mm. and most people would just accept it. Oh, yeah, you look mixed. And then, okay, <laughs> that's good. I don't want to get any deeper than that. Mm -hmm. Um, But... You know, it's actually also interesting that you said, um, you know, like with the with the racism too. What group were you grouped in? Like, oh, uh, so, or I've, typically identified as, yeah. by other people. People in the states always said I was Asian, right? And then when I came here, it I got a mix of different responses. Everyone who was quote unquote purely Asian, mm -hmm. they knew I wasn't purely purely Asian. They said I was mixed. Right. But they said since I look mostly Asian, they're like, oh, you're probably Asian. Right. <laughs> or they'll say, like, are you half? Right. Are you mixed? And it was it didn't really bother me as much, but when I did tell them in the past I did a lot of social experiments in here like here in Korea and in Japan and other places. And when I said one certain group i would get a certain response and etc so for example when i said oh yes well i'm half or i'm three-fourths vietnamese and one-fourth french canadian and they would be interested but if i said oh yes like my parents are like i'm part asian they're like oh really where and i would say vietnam in korea that has a negative response like not, yeah. i get a negative response yeah and it just gets interesting then i would play along with it and of course at the time when i was picky about ethnicity I would actually test it and say, well, in real reality, I'm part Asian, part white. Right. So then I thought, why not just go with whatever I feel I should answer? And they would say, what are you? I said, I'm white. Right. <laughs> it's like, I'm not lying. I'm white. Yeah. And they would actually say, really? I said, yes. And they said, well, where are your ancestors from? I said, France. <laughs> they say, well, I think there's more. I'm like, Canada. And they say, well, isn't there more? I'm like, 
Oh, my parents live in America. Right. And I would just give them partial truths. Right. And eventually when they realized, I told them like, well, America is a big place. And it just suddenly, they accepted it. Right. They said, oh, I see. Mm. And they would just kind of move on and they would be okay. But right. if I ever said anything Asian, they're like, ah. Oh, they get this sense. weird. Yeah. And they started treating me a different way in a negative way. Mm. And then I didn't like it. So... I think all that made me just kind of like play along with the idea of ethnicity. Right. But yeah, anyway, I forget the point that I was getting with that. No, I mean, um, <laughs> no, I was asking you which group you were yeah. you know, oh. typically like, you know, yeah. identified as being a part of, even though you didn't want to be a part of it. Yeah. I've, I've actually always been curious about, um, you know, experiences growing up. Um, yeah. And I think I, there have definitely have been some, you know, I think articles and maybe some books that people have written about it that I want to explore a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But it would just be very interesting to kind of, you know, get all those stories and compile them in like one big book because those experiences are extremely unique. They right? are. In a lot of ways. They are case by case. Like none Absolutely. are the same as the other. Absolutely. And, and if you think about it, like just the amount of uh diversity that mm-hmm. is going to go into those stories because there's so many groups you know you could be like indian and black indian and white you know indian and asian you could be black and white and black and hispanic and then makes a huge difference exactly too. exactly yeah i mean of course if you you know any of those things in the east coast and then you have mm-hmm. the midwest and then you have the west coast for example yeah right so th- th- there's just like a plethora of experiences that people can have or you know did have and i would just love to read about those you know, and that goes from like how you're raised, mm-hmm. you know, by these different types of parents and grandparents mm-hmm. as the like languages you learned and the education that you received and, mm-hmm. you know, how you were, uh, um, you know, what type of uh, consequences that you have to face when you got in trouble, for example, <laughs> right. you know, like, yeah, were you like beat or did you just get like time out or was it like a little yeah. bit of both? And, you know, I, I'm always How just about your curious. parents? Like, how did they, like, wh- what's your story? Yeah. So, um... Briefly, because I want, definitely want to focus on you. Um, <laughs> yeah, so my father, which I've met, but I don't never mm. met him. Like, I don't remember. Like, there's pictures of me being with him, but I just don't know. Mm. Okay. Um, so he's Puerto Rican and black. Mm-hmm. And then my mother's side is Palestinian. Mm, yeah, and cool. my mother's father's side, like, mm-hmm. think he's Palestinian. Mm-hmm. But maybe Lebanese, but maybe Italian. I don't know. I don't think, I mean, I, people in my family will say, like, oh, he's mixed, too, mm-hmm. of, like, Italian and Lebanese, or, like, Italian Leb- or Lebanese and P- Palestinian. I don't know. Nobody knows. So, we just say, like, Palestine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that's, have that mix. So, I grew up with, you know, with that. Um, and often, my experiences is that, like, I was a part of every group, but also not a part of every group, too. Right. And I was always just, like, that neutral person. <laughs> like, I just like to hang out with everybody. And, you know, I didn't really care. I'm like, I'm just a human. I'm just trying to enjoy life. Like, this is right. it. Mm-hmm. But I would often be put in certain groups. Like, oh, well, you got, you know, like, the 1% rule. Oh, you got a little bit of black in you. You're black, period. That's it. Right. right? Yeah. And then also, yeah. like, that that rule kind of applies for other races as well mm-hmm. um, in its own way. And then I would be accepted in a lot of communities, but also rejected in a lot of these communities as well. Mm-hmm. Right? Just by purely being mixed. Like, you're not 100% right. this. So, yeah. you know. You don't fuck speak you. our language. <laughs> exactly exactly and and i i didn't learn any languages growing up like i didn't Mm -hmm. learn any languages until i you know went abroad and i started Mm -hmm. learning and studying and then actually using it um Mm -hmm. so it was just purely english and that can create a huge disconnect Mm -hmm. um you know between these communities as well so and because of that like i wasn't fully accepted in the hispanic community for example or the 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 middle eastern community because i didn't know any arabic except for a few curse words that i I shouldn't have known uh, and the same thing for like Spanish, you know, it's mm-hmm. the same thing. And in the black community, like 99% of the time, it's always going to be English. So 
Yeah, it was a very interesting, unique experience. And yeah. I'm definitely like, I would definitely like to hear everybody else's experiences. Right. Um, you know, maybe I should just do like a section just on that. This that would be really cool. You I know? think it's interesting when people growing up biracially, yeah. they, you have a huge, for the people that, um, whenever I met people who also grew up in a mixed family, more often than not, they already like decided, okay, this is a group I've decided to identify with, or this is the group, et cetera. And they do their best to integrate with that group. Right. <clears throat> And then they don't really seem to struggle with it. They're like, well, I'm a little different, but in the end, I am this. Exactly. And yeah. then I don't really meet many people like you and I, where we, or you and me, where we actually say like, well, I was never accepted. And then in the end, I'm just like, well, I'm just going to be the outlier. Right, right. And I'm like, oh, I'm not going to even bother trying. And then I'm not sure about you, but I did grow a little bitter. and right. think Because, you know, you grew up with racism, basically. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and just the comments and the the treatment etc and so you grow up with a little bit of bitterness and then you try and combat it by trying to find the good in every community and it's just a mess so absolutely it'd be kind of interesting to hear all those other stories out there i know that would be really cool actually you know what maybe that should be like another section of the podcast you know like trying to get like people yeah yeah, and that but it's at the same time that would be kind of like discriminatory (laughs) in some way so maybe that's a bad idea (laughs) you're not biracial yeah (laughs) you're not welcome you you don't have a story you know you don't have a story not as messed up um no but yeah you know honestly that would be you know it would be really cool and like i said you know like some community uh, most of most of the communities for my for mm-hmm. in my experiences i've been accepted into oh yeah um but you know there's always a few people and there's always like some you know certain portions of those people um or certain sections of those people i should say that are just gonna like oh well you know uh. mm-hmm. like i kind of see it because you are technically you have some of our blood but at the end of the day like you're not Mm. completely you just you know, have all just there. kinds of people in the end yeah, yeah. exactly you know and it, it kind of goes back to like that human aspect right like are you going to look at me as a human or are you going mm. to look at me as this are you going to look at me as like 30 percent this or 20 percent this or mm-hmm. whatever one percent you know if you're going to do that then i guess that's fine but i'm not looking at you that way right you know what i'm saying and i would always and every of course group is going to have their own culture for example mm-hmm. so it always you know i would always adapt to that culture and i appreciated and loved the differences of the culture mm-hmm. you know it was just amazing Amazing. But some people have struggled with that. You mm-hmm. know, some people struggle with that. And I always just, just never understood it. So, but I'm slowly comprehending it now. You know, right. why people can't venture out of their culture or accept other people's cultures. And even though I think it's dumb, I get it. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, I understand it. I think being in Korea also helps with that. Yeah. Because just being in a community where it's mostly homogenous. Right. It makes, it slowly makes more and more sense. And you're right. Sometimes you don't agree. Sometimes you do understand it to the point where you're like, oh, I can't disagree exactly. I'm just not comfortable with it, but I see it. I see the reason. So Korea really opened my eyes to a lot. Yeah, I agree. And you know, the thing is like my area is pretty diverse, Mm -hmm. you know, like these coasts in general is actually pretty diverse, I would argue. Mm -hmm. Um, At least, you know, DC, Maryland, New York, New Jersey, for example, like those are pretty diverse areas. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of, it's also very interesting how like how all these people, you get all these people together, they like cooperate and they get along with each other. But you know, all somebody has to do is just like piss somebody off like a little bit and then all of a sudden like the racism comes out like you stupid arab looking you know you know and then it just gets bad you know Mm -hmm. then it just gets really bad but for the most part you know generally it doesn't work like that you know it's it's not like you go to school but oh there's this guy Mm -hmm. you know and they they group you you know Mm -hmm. it doesn't always work like that but sometimes it does Mm -hmm. you know and that's unfortunate because we should just take people as they are Mm -hmm. right as compared to like where they come from you know 
Interestingly, I was watching a YouTube video. So, do you, have you heard of Trevor Noah? Yeah, Trevor Noah's hilarious. Oh yeah, I love him. Yeah. So he actually made one of his past、um, skits. He actually talked about race and how like some people could be mixed, even、yeah. just completely half and half. For example, Obama. Right. And even though someone can be half and half, like Trevor Noah as well. Yeah. Once some like, for example, with a black community, you can't just. Easily say you're black. You have to be admitted into right, the black right, community. Right. And、yeah. I died. I was like, I get it. I yeah, really get it. Yeah, and he even said, like, once Obama finally made president, everyone called him black. Only、right. then he was allowed to be black、yeah. and not mixed, like、right. the mixed senator. But now he's a black president. Like, yeah, it's true. It's like congratulations, you finally made it. Yeah, and I、exactly. died. I was like, yep. <laughs> it's true. Yep. And, it, and it worked. And it worked against them too, because like、mm-hmm. everybody will say, like, you know, in even like conservative and more racist. Not well, not all conservatives, but some conservative, you know. People and more racist people like, oh yeah, well our first black president is doing this, this, and that.、Right. And my first thing is like, well, ho- first of all, he is mixed. Let's get that, you know. So if he if he's fucking up, you guys got to take credit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because、yeah. he's half you, you know, it's, it's <laughs> to some extent. But um, but yeah, like you know that that、mm. was totally a big thing too. Like you you are not. I, some people will fully accept you, and then there will、mm. be some people who will be like, well, nah, because you know, well, the history is there, of course, but also just like you're not. Completely, a hundred percent, us. Yeah. Right. And I see it in Korea sometimes too. Actually, um, in other countries that I've been to as well. Like if you're mixed or of mixed descent, or your father, or your mother is of a different, you know, come from a different country and different、mm-hmm. culture. You know that that person might, you know, experience some animosity, uh, whether it's explicit or you know, um, or not. It's still there, you know,、mm-hmm. and it's unfortunate. But I think in another hundred years or so, that'll probably change. Because everybody's gonna be mixed. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody. Yeah. Nobody's getting、true. out. <laughs> Nobody's gonna be pure, quote unquote, pure、mm-hmm. anymore. I think, like the in the end, the idea of ethnicity and race is just, it's just however people want to use it. Right. And because we still visually look so different, and because of that, we take advantage of that. Right. But in the end, just like how I just discovered a few days ago. People are more mixed than they assume, they think that they are. Right,、true. and so you're right. It's only a matter of time before everyone finally realizes that you can't really call someone a certain race. Like, well, I don't like you. You, you, you dirty little um. Right. What are you? <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs>、so、I don't yeah, even know you what you butt, are. Yeah. You butt. <laughs> it's like yeah. So are you? Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's only yeah, a matter of time. <laughs> exactly. And it's funny that you said mutt because I'm like I refer to myself like that actually. And you know some people take it as an offensive thing. I'm like, well, I'm just like I'm just a mutt. When、of. I was in high school, like my friend called. Himself that and he's、yeah. like I'm just a mutt, mutt and I actually thought I'm like lucky like、right. I, want, I want to be one <laughs> I want to be one of those how do I become one <laughs> I want to be mixed like that I was、yeah. I only had two things as far as I knew I was like、oh, I only have two like,、right. you got more you got more you lucky <laughs> like you collected more yeah you didn't even try <laughs> how, how do I upgrade can I do that yeah <laughs> that's great yeah. yeah I mean yeah but I going back to your earlier point like it、mm-hmm. is. You know, race ethnicity is is really just a social construct. It,、mm. it really is, in my opinion, just a tool、mm. to divide people. You know what、oh, I'm saying,、yeah. and keep them divided because you know the very typical expression. You know, united we stand, divided we fall. And even though it's very simple, right, and everybody can understand、mm-hmm. that statement, it's still there. You know, like and people like, oh, I get that, I understand it, that's true. But yet we we still let it happen,、um, and especially in the United States, in a lot of ways, and I think we're we're learning. Um, but we we definitely have our issues, and in terms of other countries, you know they have their issues as well. So、mm-hmm. hopefully one day we will surpass that. But now we're not there yet. <laughs> I think in the states, though, I'm not sure about you, but for me, where I had grown up, people were too sensitive、yeah. about race that they weren't able to do anything. Right. So, for example, 
when I lived in Oregon or Pennsylvania or New Jersey, more often than not, I was the minority. Right. And of course, I wasn't aware of it being so young. I just thought I'm just another person. Right. But I remember looking back how sensitive the teachers were around me that they had to accommodate. They had to make sure that I wasn't outcasted, that they were just overly doing it. And to the point where the kids also recognized I was different. Right. And... I was also physically different. Like, I was so short (laughs) compared to the other kids. And so they had to say, well, you have to... They gave me sympathy and pity, and that that also transferred over to the students. So they had to try and accommodate to me as well. That made me felt like I was different, and that made me realize it. And so some kids, they'll take advantage of it, thinking, oh, yeah, I'm different. I'm awesome. Like, yeah, of course I'm Uh Asian or Latino. Yeah, Yeah. like, of course I have a different (laughs) language. You can't get on this. Right. (laughs) But then other kids, they might feel, I don't want to be different. Like, I just thought I was normal. Right. So I think that sensitivity to race also exists right now. We're on kind of that border right now in the States. Right. Where we kind of got over racism, the idea of, like, a racist system. But we're still kind of a baby country in that we're trying to create this idea like, oh, it does not matter kind of thing. And Europe is like, we're so far ahead of you. Not all the countries, (laughs) but there are some countries that are like, what are you talking about? What is this race thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. I mean, I think America is very unique um, Mm. in a lot of ways. Like, I think that we are definitely um, the main country that we, what's the best way for me to say this? I think we are the most diverse country. Oh, yeah. Um, and diverse is a very broad term, but mm-hmm. diverse in, like, everything. And I, like, mm-hmm. literally mean everything. And when you take all this diversity and you put it into a country, right, mm-hmm. with these principles and with, of course, you have, like, you know, people who are just trying to live their lives and you have, like, corrupted people and you have all this stuff. And you're, like, and you just mesh it all together. Mm-hmm. That's what you get in America. And mm-hmm. we have a population. We have a huge population. Right? I think, like, what, 360 million people, I think? So, obviously, you're going to have some issues, right? You're going to have some problems. And especially considering the history of America itself, mm-hmm. you know, th- that doesn't help <laughs> as well. So, you take the history. You take this diversity. You take, you know, 2017, mm-hmm. um, you know, education and principles and, um, you know, and politics. And it just it's just really, like, this big, this big, what's the best way to put it? Like, there's just big ball of shit, right? <laughs> and essentially what we're trying to do is clean it, right? That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to clean it up. We're trying to make it smell good. We're trying but to turn... But we're trying. But we're trying, exactly. Yeah. And other people can't do that. Like, at other countries, and I'm not knocking other countries, but most, a lot of other countries are very, you know, homogeneous, you know? Yes. And they don't mm-hmm. have the diversity that we have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they don't have to solve these problems, you know, mm-hmm. that we have to solve. And I mean, and not only homogeneous in race, but also in religion in a lot of ways. And, you know, in every way, in every way, you know, Mm -hmm. so I I think our country is very unique and we definitely have our shit. Mm -hmm. But I I think we're working through it. And I think that if we can work through it appropriately, then we will, you know, transcend. And I think that we will truly be a model for other countries Um, because right now we're not (laughs) being the best model (laughs) at the moment. Um, But I think that we if we can work through it Mm -hmm. and we get everything done and we, you know, we work together, like we truly work together, then we will be like the shit again you know i think america also has come a long way considering it's still a baby country true and people agree. forget that it just like started maybe just a few yeah a few hundred ago. years ago yeah yeah, yeah. and true. some of that i think someone else we, i had a conversation with a few of my friends here actually in korea mm-hmm. a lot of them are from different countries from europe to asia and we talk about different things from politics to just music but one time we were actually talking about america it was probably during the time of the election or a little bit afterwards and interesting we got to basically talking about the president and everything and they they questioned me because at that time i was the only american 
um, present. They question why are some people voting for this person and not voting for this person, etc. Right. And I would explain well from the mindset, from the perspective of my type of my generation, this is how we feel. And I told them it only looks so bad because it's finally being broadcasted out there. And America is the only country that's ever broadcasted to this extent. Right. So it only looks this crappy because we are on, like, there's a spotlight on us. Of no course. matter what we do, the small things to the big things, everyone knows. Mm-hmm. Whereas you don't know what's going on in Kazakhstan. Right. That's true. <laughs> or yeah. Australia. Or Australia. Even. Yeah. And They've got issues of their own, and they know very well those issues. Mm-hmm. So if you bring it up, they're very sensitive about them. Yeah. Whereas us, we're sensitive. We're like, we're trying to fix it. Hold on, kind right. of attitude. We're like, hold on, we got this. Or we try to even divide ourselves. But it's just showing that we're aware of, we've been aware of our problems. Right. And we're at least open about it. Yeah. And we're already, we know that we're kind of on the big screen for a lot of countries just to watch us. Right. So I think... America has a lot of faults. Yeah, for sure. But I still, I, in the end, I love meeting Americans out in public here in Korea because I'm like, we get it. Yeah, we get it. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's true. It's definitely true. And like you said, I think other people from other countries um, can be very sensitive about certain topics, you mm-hmm. know, for sure. And I've seen that too. Like, take what Saudi Arabia and Yemen, for example. You could talk to two of those people and ask them like how they feel about it. They're like, oh, well, you know. You could take Koreans and Japan, Japan, you know, Japanese, same thing. You could take like Armenians and Azerbaijan, for example. You could take like, mm-hmm. you know, like there's just so mm-hmm. many countries. I mean, you can even talk uh, uh, like certain African countries too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's you know, their shit is definitely there, but it's <laughs> definitely not publicized as much as ours is, mm-hmm. um, and for good reason as well. So, right. but yeah, you're right. We're working through it, and I think we're doing. We're able to tackle that head on, and you know, I'm not saying other people aren't, but I'm saying like we're able to do that, and we're able to own up to it, and hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll get better. Yeah, hopefully. So. Let's Damn, we went world. off on a huge tangent, man. <laughs> yeah, we were on music, and then I asked and you about race, your, and then, then... <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so mm. so uh, bring it back, bring it yeah, back, bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't have any specific mm. artists um, or mm. uh, musicians that you follow. Mm. Uh, you like a little bit of everything. Yeah. Is there a specific genres that you you purely like to listen to? Like you said, like you think like things with bass, so you lean mm. more towards heavy metal and. Uh, not, and rock uh, not and anymore. Pop. Not anymore. Okay. Yeah, it depends on. I realize it depends on just kind of what I go through during that chapter of my life. Okay. So, for example, right now I listen mostly to soundtrack and music without vocals. Okay. Because I love just background music. Yeah. Depending on what I'm doing, if I'm walking or if I'm reading or if I'm uh, resting or mm-hmm. if I'm exercising, then I need that kind of motivator. Right. Um. But then there was probably another time in my life where, yes, maybe a heavy metal or rock was probably what I needed at that time. Right. And just anything that speaks to whatever I'm thinking. And that usually just works out. So right now, I'm just really into soundtrack. Okay. And no, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I like listening to that stuff, too, mm-hmm. like when I'm working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really nice. It like is Like from nice. Celtic music to... Yeah. Oh, Celtic music is the best. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. It yeah. really is. Yeah. It's just so emotional. <clears throat> you're like, oh. Yeah. I can just sit here and just listen forever. Right. Um, To like classical music, even. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I listen to a lot of classical music mm-hmm. and like new age classical, also known as like yeah. trailer music. Mm-hmm. I also like that as well. Yep. Some classical music, I, I like listening to certain classical composers, um, mm-hmm. you know, like old school. Mm-hmm. Uh Tchaikovsky and uh, mm-hmm. Chopin, nice. for example, and Dvorak. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes, like, their music will put me to sleep. So I mm-hmm. try to listen to, like, concert, I mean, not concert music, uh, trailer music, which yeah. is a little bit more 
uh hardcore i guess you could say in some ways i'll have to look it up yeah it's pretty good like trailer, there's some really good trailer music so mm-hmm. i definitely understand what you're talking about like, sometimes like there's nothing wrong with vocals mm-hmm. but sometimes just really being able to appreciate the music is, mm-hmm. is awesome yeah you know and, 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 and so, you said oh mm-hmm. sorry go ahead. and then sometimes the vocals actually add to the music yeah absolutely yeah, but, yeah, yeah. absolutely and for art you said you were mentioning architecture earlier oh yeah. mm, there isn't one like for me once I see it, I'll know, like, oh, that's the style that I like. Yeah. So it's more of, like, technique and okay. style that I usually follow. Um, I always forget the names of people. I'm sorry to all the artists out there. Yeah. I'm the same way. Yeah. Art that I just adore, but yeah. <laughs> I haven't really memorized your names yet. Yeah. But there's always a certain style that I search for. Mm. Overall, I do appreciate everything. Yeah. As cliche as it is, but it is true. But in the end, I also recognize that there is a style that I like. I usually... Um, there are a lot of hues, a lot of saturation to um, swirls, even just a certain type of art than I would actually follow. Yeah, um, there's nothing wrong with that. You have your preferences. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people would like misunderstand preferences, mm. you know? So like, yeah, you, you, you have things that you like more than others. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean you dislike those other things. You just, yeah. you prefer these things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I understand. And also not remembering artists. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. me. Actually, I think <laughs> I think I was with, with Mike. We did our second interview, okay. and I was like, think trying to think of like artists that I listen to, like in terms of, like hip hop artists. Yeah, and I was like, dude, there's so many, but I couldn't like remember. Right, you know, there's just like there's so many, and there's like so many other artists in general, but I couldn't even remember some of my favorite artists <laughs> in my in the genre that I listen to the most. I felt so bad. Yeah, <laughs> but I realized, you know, just like you, I'm like, look, I know you. I can listen to your music, and I know, and I respect you. I just don't remember your name all the time, and I'm sorry. So mm-hmm. yeah. Actually, something I did think of before, like if anyone had ever asked you, oh, if you got to meet one of your favorite artists or idols, and then I realized at that moment, it wouldn't be any of them. Yeah. And if anyone were to ask, like, well, why would you not want to meet any of your idols? Right. And I realized the reason is also based, like, the one of the reasons is also the reason why I don't remember the names. It's yeah. that I met them through their own music right. and through their art. Because have you ever like pictured meeting one of your I- idols and then you wondered, what the heck would I talk about? Yeah. <laughs> like, what would we talk about? Be the what, first would question. We, yeah. what would we do? Like, I don't want to be like that typical fan. I don't want to, I don't want to ask for the autograph. I don't want to do this or that. I realized there's nothing more for me to do for that, with that artist besides enjoy his or her, her artwork or whatever it may be. Right. And that for me, if I were an artist as well, if I made something, created something, I already introduced myself through my work. And so I didn't need to do more. I'm like, well, why do I need to say anything? You already met me. You like me because of this um, thing right here in front of you. So right. just take it and, you know, talk to it if you want. Really? <laughs> but so you've I, never, like, wanted to dive deeper with any of the artists that you listen mm-hmm. to or that you see? There are many that I've respected. And right. if I ever met, I would just, like, I would probably just say I appreciate them. But even then, that didn't feel right. I would... Just, I wouldn't need to, I realized. Okay. So what about, like, in terms of interpretation? Have you ever, Mm -hmm. have you thought that maybe you've interpreted something differently than how the artist wanted people to interpret it? Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I think that's, like, the beauty of being an artist. Is that if someone created, if you created something and someone else got their own message, it's kind of beautiful in that sense. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're better than me, because if I could meet one of the artists (laughs) that I really like, it would be Bill Waterson. Mm -mm. Um, You know Calvin and Hobbes, right? Yes. Calvin Hobbes comics? Yes. That's the guy, man. Oh. <clears throat> I would oh. love, I would kill. Nah, and I wouldn't say that's too much. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would love to meet that guy. Oh. Yeah. I, this sounds kind of bad, but is he still alive? 
Uh, yeah, as far oh, as okay. I'm aware, he is. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, as far as I'm aware, he is. Yeah. Okay. But he, he's a recluse, you know? Okay. So he he doesn't really talk to the media. He doesn't mm. really talk to anybody. Um, apparently, like, he, like, he goes through his agent <laughs> to, like, talk to people. Like, he'll send emails, I guess, sometimes. But, mm. like, if there's, like, anything, like, any major thing or whatever, he'll just, like, he'll go through his agent and his agent will do all the talking for him. And he just mm. kind of, like, chills out somewhere <laughs> and just minds that's his own awesome. business. Yeah. So, and I think that's amazing, you know, mm. being able to stay away from the world is not mm. a bad thing at all. So I would definitely like to just, I would love to just sit down with that guy. Like, and I would say like one day, Mm -hmm. but I don't think one day is enough, you know? Mm -hmm. But one of the first questions I would ask him, for example, is like, if you had to rewrite Calvin and Hobbes now, right, in 2017, would it change? And if it, and if it did, like, how would it change? How would Calvin and Hobbes, you know, be today? You know, because there was a lot of political, yeah. um, you know, components in Calvin and Hobbes. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of, you know, philosophical, you know, components as well. And a lot of other ones that I'm, you know. Does he still do work? No. He, like, Calvin and Hobbes ended, yeah. like, in the 90s, I think. I thought so, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, that for some reason, I, for, I thought maybe in the 2000s, maybe some still came out, but I don't yeah. think so, right? Maybe. No, I don't think so. I mean. Okay. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that ended in the 90s, and I don't really know what he does now, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. He might do... I know that he did, like, a joint comic with another guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know the full story, but essentially what happened was this other comic, he made a joke. He made, like, a comic strip joke, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then he contacted Bill Watterson or Bill Watterson's agent with the joke that he made. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's break this down. So I forgot the name of the, the artist, but... He made a comic strip saying mm-hmm. he was in a bar and he was talking to this girl. And the girl, um, in one pane, was like, oh, what do you do? He's like, I'm a comic book artist. And then, like, the next uh, the next section, she was like, oh, uh, what comics do you write? And then he's like, because he knows he's not famous. He knows not anything. So he's like, oh, what do I say? And, like, the next pane, he says, um, Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> and then, like, the next, the last, like, the last square, mm-hmm. right, is, like, him in the bed. And him and her in the bed, and she's like sleeping, and he's like awake, and you see like a bubble. He's like, "Oh my god, I fucked up really bad," because <laughs> he like lied to her that he was like the Calvin and Hobbes creator, yeah. and he wasn't. And she slept with him because he was the Calvin and Hobbes creator. Mm-hmm. So I guess he he did that, and then he sent it to um to Bill Waters, and he thought it was funny, and then they just they did a couple joints comics together, oh, cool. where I guess he did the animation, like he did the drawing, mm-hmm. and then the guy just like wrote the. <clears throat> The wrote the wrote the skits and the thing is is that apparently the guy the main comic artist he's not really that good at artwork mm. right so people were noticing that his artwork was like generally getting like way better and people <laughs> were like that's not you doing the artwork like who's doing the artwork and then finally like i guess they released later like oh it was bill watterson who's doing the artwork and i was just they writing were. yeah i was just writing the text and um you know people were like freaking out like whoa bill watterson's back <laughs> oh my gosh but he was like nah i'm not back i'm just <laughs> i'm just fucking around a little bit yeah, yeah. so yeah but that's really cool no and I, and I totally respect your stance like and i get that like you know these musicians and these artists have shared like a piece of themselves and a piece of their souls with you for example and you've been able to accept that mm-hmm. and say like well i don't really need to you know mm-hmm. you know know that person anymore um from what they've shared with me mm-hmm. you know i totally get that too mm-hmm. so that's amazing mm-hmm. that really is amazing there's nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that's like the one thing that we're different about yeah for the most part we'd be like oh we're the same we're the same we're the <laughs> same too. yeah 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 now it's like uh no. uh nah, nah, nah. <laughs> oh it's okay i'm better yeah, I'm oh that's a, yeah, yeah basically no, no honestly admit it, yeah. you're way better <laughs> yeah but um okay so let's move on let's move mm. on a little bit let's move on to uh the bucket list <gasps> the, the bucket, bucket list. list yeah you know some people i've been telling my friends about this like why do you have a bucket list like it's so 
it's so like gloomy you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like it kind of brings up like the fact that like oh like one day mm-hmm. you know but i'm like well yeah but i'm i've always been intrigued by people's bucket lists mm-hmm. you know because everybody has different some people have like the same things right i want to travel the world and i want to do this and there's nothing wrong with that but some people have like very specific <laughs> things that they want to do and i'm always amazed by those specific things mm-hmm. so yeah i hope you don't get freaked out by this topic no, actually, that surprises me that people think it's gloomy. That's the first time I've heard that, actually. Yeah. Well, because I, it kind of yeah. brings up the fact that, like, oh, well, one day we're all going to kick the butt. <laughs> you know? Yeah. For me, I think I grew up with the idea of death already in mind. Okay. Because, you know, my parents told me different stories of war. And for me, the idea was already planted. Like, oh, okay, yes, one day I'm going to kick the bucket. Right. So it it doesn't seem so out of place for me, probably. So right. I guess I might be the different one in that aspect where I'm yeah. just like, yeah, we're going to die someday. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I'm the, yeah. I'm the same way. Like, it is an inev- inevitable, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. way of life, unfortunately. But mm-hmm. at least for now, I mean, maybe yeah. it'll change in the future. We'll see. But Never know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I got some interesting articles I'll share with you another time, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. About, like, <clears throat> uh, things like cryo sleeping or like essentially freezing like freezing people oh yeah yeah so i guess they like stepped it up a notch well we won't get into it too much but let's just say like <laughs> i'll share some articles apparently they like stepped it up a notch they like take your blood out of you and then they put in like this liquid mm-hmm. uh, which is supposed to like help retain like your body's um natural states in which you were before you put into like cryogenic sleep or something like that yeah <clears throat> and then when they find out like how to do it um then they uh, they take the liquid out they put the blood back in and then like you're like good to go like 100 years later or something like that <laughs> yeah would you do it uh i don't know that's a very good question would you? i think for people like if it were truly possible i think most people wouldn't because they would leave behind the life that they've already known you'd right. be starting completely new but for people who are used to that I think people, those people would be at the front of the line. Right. So I think for me, even if I truly would be perfect, I think I would be comfortable with, with doing that. Yeah. Like dropping everything and being able to start new it wouldn't be hard for me. But I would be like murdered by my family like right. as I'm in the ice and they're like <clears throat> picking at it because right. like, why did you leave <laughs> I us hate behind? I so much. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think it would be forgiven. So yeah. I wouldn't make, like I would come back a hundred years later, I'd be revived yeah. and there's like a curse on me or something. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. like, all like fires already like starting you around me. It's like, oh, your family started this a hundred years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Waiting for you to come back so you would witness like the effects of your exactly. actions. Like, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. There, there could definitely be some repercussions to that. Sure. <laughs> so I realized like it wouldn't make any sense to. I'll just enjoy like whatever I could enjoy in the future. I'd enjoy here now anyway. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I, to an extent, I agree with you. I I do um I do think I would do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I think it'd also be very very interesting to see what it would be like to wake up like fifty years from now and a hundred years from now. Like mm-hmm. how the world has changed and how like you know the cultures and the languages and everything else have changed. Mm-hmm. Um, You'd so be I, the antique. Exactly right. <laughs> exactly exactly. So I think that like you know I do think that to an extent like death is a part of life and mm-hmm. we need to accept that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that you know technology is going a certain way and i think sometimes it's going too far but i think like you know being able to maybe have this happen would be interesting and i would be intrigued in seeing like you know people's experiences mm-hmm. so um, yeah we'll see but that's that's a topic for another day for another day <laughs> okay, okay um yeah so, so what's, on, what's on your bucket list yes oh from the big to the small oh yeah um definitely the things i know are on my bucket list would be one skydiving okay wanted that for years and i notice as you get older you get more hesitant to do things yeah so i need to do that as soon as possible before i get to an age where i'm like maybe i don't need to do it in my life right like no no i do it's been on my bucket list yeah you gotta do it it's fun i did it in jordan actually you did yeah (sighs) 
Amazing. I did it right over the Dead Sea. No way. Yeah. yeah, I think I mentioned it when I was with Mike, so I won't get into it again. But yeah, uh, you should totally do it. I love the I love the Dead Sea. It was probably one of my favorite experiences. Very ever. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say definitely that. Maybe I should do it in Jordan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should. <laughs> I have yeah. an idea. Actually, if you do it, though, I don't know how they do it now, but they only do it like once a year. <laughs> uh, yeah, because essentially <laughs> what happens is like there's a company, they hire another company, they hire like a like a Polish company or something like that, and they just mm-hmm. come down for like a couple months. So you only have like mm-hmm. a month or two, like within a certain you know time span where you can actually go do it. Okay. Um, but it's not that expensive. I mean, in my opinion, like 250 bucks, I think, is what I spent. I think that's an average. Yeah, it's like you, so it's like a tandem jump, and they take pictures and a video, and they give you like a little bit of a flash drive. So. I think mm-hmm. that's normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you do do it, you know, yeah. I'll and send if you're it enjoying, your way. yeah, you should. You should. Mm-hmm. It's okay, school skydiving. Yeah. That one. I want to. Uh, what were the other? Oh, definitely have a motorcycle at one mm-hmm. point. Do it. I want a motor. Like, I've wanted that since probably when I was like three. Okay. <laughs> like any specific motorcycle or no, just okay. a motorcycle. Like I never thought it deeply into it. I just know that I will have a motorcycle in the future. Like it's nice. a it's a given. <laughs> yeah. You should. They're fun. Yeah. They're sure. really fun. Yeah, they're fun. I'll just choose where I'm going to have it, though. I would not drive one in Korea, for example. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no I'd die. Yeah. <laughs> um, definitely, uh, I would li- like to publish a book one day, okay. whether it be a children's book, an illustrated book, or a written book, or whatever it may be, but definitely a book. Okay. Um, on top of that, backpack alone. Okay. For at least... It's just a few months. Like, it doesn't have to be time-restricted, but a good amount of time. Okay. And alone is a keyword. Right. Um, so I know I can do it, but I know people would freak out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like a safety thing, of course. Yeah, yeah, naturally. Yeah. But so alone for, like, what, spiritual reasons or just kind of like... You just know, for the fun of it. Just for the fun of it? Okay, yeah. cool. Because I know right now a lot of things that prevent... Like, the main thing that prevents me from doing a few things is not that I'm scared or anything. Because I'm obviously on my own already. But the fact that anything I do hurts my mom so deeply. Right. So I have to be careful. Yeah, of course. And yeah. yeah. Gotta keep mom happy, man. Yeah. yeah. I'd rather be considerate. So. Yeah. Yeah. Just taking my time, easing her into my extremely dangerous and adventurous life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes you gotta do that. Yeah. My mom's like a traveler though. Really? So like so you know, I definitely have her her blood in that regard. But she you know, she's still a mom's though. Mm-hmm. So of course she's like, Yeah, well make mm-hmm. sure you're doing this, you're doing that, you know. I think my mom is too. Yeah. She's she want she wants to travel. She loves it, but I think the idea of me traveling alone, living alone as a girl, mm-hmm. she's just like, why? Why did you yeah. do this? Why didn't you just stay at home? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, unfortunately, it's a very mm-hmm. dangerous world out there in certain places. Yeah. So, you know, and, and of course, being a woman, unfortunately, you know, you're, you're there are, risk, yeah. you know, even if I were to be the buffest woman ever, right. it's just the way that people view me. Of course. Yeah. Also affects like how they will treat me, how they will act and what they decide to do. Yeah, that's true. So yeah. I can't prepare for that, for example. Yeah. And it yeah. sucks, you know, it mm-hmm. totally sucks. And I, I'm hoping, you know, I think in some ways it's progressing in certain areas mm-hmm. um but you know on a world level you know mm-hmm. on a global level not happening you know, yeah not, not yet, yet. Yeah. yeah so yeah definitely be careful mm-hmm. yeah but so, that sounds cool now uh mm-hmm. where would you backpack if you had the opportunity Ooh, that's now fine. would you be like, like backpacking through different countries or would you oh, like yeah. choose a specific country and then just kind of like backpack around that whole country different countries okay because i think i right now where i am in life i'm going to be living in so many different countries and working abroad and etc so i get to really in-depth feel the culture of wherever i'm at okay but i would love to get kind of a compare contrast view by like maybe one week in this country one week in that country and try and just experience so much in just one go because i've never done that and just to see what it's like yeah no that sounds amazing Yeah. yeah 
I would do the same thing too. If only like all the land masses were together, yeah, yeah it would be so much right. easier. But then again, that could be fun too, like taking like a ferry or like a boat or a plane to like another country yeah. and yeah. If I could and there were if there were no concerns for safety, for example, I would go with either North Africa. Okay. Or of course Middle East or Eastern Europe. Yeah. Because I think those areas would just be beautiful to see. Yeah, for sure. Um but because of safety for now anyway, in the time period that we are in, I would probably go with Western Europe. Yeah. Or hmm. Alone, it would just be Western Europe. But yeah, I was going to say, like, alone, yeah. <laughs> There's, like, no other option. <clears throat> yeah, for I, sure. Maybe Eastern Europe, but everywhere else, as a female, from, with my build especially, right. going alone for two months and most likely not having a phone in certain countries because yeah. of the connection. Yeah, it can be high risk. Yeah, yeah for sure. Huge. Yeah, And it's definitely something to take in consideration. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Oh, well. No, nah, it's not okay. Someday. But yeah, yeah, someday. Mm-hmm. Well, what you can do is just, like, hire, so get, so get rich, right? Mm-hmm. And then you can hire like a few people to like track you oh. right like you know a few like professional soldiers to track you so you'll still be backpacking alone but they'll just be keeping like an eye on you. Get, get, <laughs> right. get like a couple of snipers like, you know what i'm saying yeah, so they'll be like, like okay she checked into the hospital exactly she's good. <laughs> exactly yeah so they can just be watching your back from like a mile or like two mm-hmm. miles away so anybody tries to fuck with you you know you yeah know. you see the helicopter That's uh-huh mine. exactly yeah <laughs> watch yourself yeah no for sure yeah i mm-hmm. think that'd be really cool and i agree with you i think western europe might probably be the the safest you know yeah. area but like going through north africa and the middle east mm-hmm. you know that would be amazing right you know? yeah yeah that, i mean i would love to do that so and, and mm-hmm. hypothetically you could do it right you mm-hmm. could go through all those countries go straight through egypt yeah right go through Israel, up palestine north, yeah. lebanon, through lebanon. Go, yeah exactly mm-hmm. yeah where would you start in north africa like what libya tunisia thinking tunisia or yeah. libya Oh, Libya? Yeah. Maybe even Algeria. I think Tunisia would be really cool. I have yeah. a friend in Tunisia. Really? Yeah. My friend studied there for about a year. Nice. And he just loved it. He kept talking about it. And just thought, I mean, if he loved it so much, I want to see what he saw. Yeah. So I would like to start there. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I was talking to uh, the guy who was here last week um, mm-hmm. interview, And I was like, I don't think there's any country I wouldn't want to go to. Like, mm-hmm. if I could, I would like to hit every country, you know. There's and, not and one that you were it. like, maybe not that one. No, I mean, well, if safety wasn't a problem, right? right. If safety yeah, wasn't yeah. a problem, I would go to every country. Yep. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. unfortunately, safety is a problem in some countries. But yeah, if safety wasn't an issue, I would go to every country and just experience mm-hmm. the culture and the language and the people and the food, especially, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the alcohol mm-hmm. if they have it. Um, and just like, just everything, you yeah. know, just everything. So there's not one that, like, no, hell no, I'm not going there. Right. Now, for safety reasons, yes, there were some that, of course, that, like, naturally a lot of people wouldn't go to. I want to have a conversation with everyone from every country. Yes, for sure. I think that is always the most interesting because the way people are friendly is so different. Yeah. The way they interpret it and then deliver it is just so different everywhere. Yeah. So I yeah. would like to see that. I would like to experience that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I would too. Um, and of course, like the language barriers are too, mm-hmm. but I actually saw this gadget. I don't I forgot who's making it, but I saw this gadget is like a universal like language, uh, oh, speech translator. I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. So you like, you speak in your language and it and translates just, to their language. Yeah. <laughs> it was like the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, that's, a, I need that. Like, that's perfect. <laughs> now the thing is though, like, I'm sure there's going to do major languages, but if there's like smaller languages, for example, mm. that may or not, the many know. languages in Africa. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You have mm-hmm. like tribal, tribal languages. I don't know if that's like the appropriate term, but mm-hmm. tribal languages, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, then yeah, they may not work, but I've also, in my experiences with like a lot of countries that have like those smaller languages, like those tribal languages, they do have like one major language, you know, so yeah. for like like English or French or something like that, mm-hmm. um, you know, for colonial reasons. But <laughs> yeah, you can still communicate <laughs> with them to an extent. Right. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, okay, cool. So anything else on your bucket list? Um, let's see. You got the major oh. ones out, it seems. Oh, I mean, this is a huge thing that I'm not sure. I, it's a dream. Okay. If I can get to it. Yeah. I would have made it. I want to open a huge foster home. Nice. Designed by myself, like structured the way I want it so that even if kids don't have families or like, for example, you have those communities around the world, the societies where people don't really want the kids. So they just kind of throw them out, throw them out on the streets right. and it would be very hard for them to even get into the system to get adopted. Yeah. So I would want to be placed somewhere where those children can kind of be watched over. Right. And even if they can't find a home until they're 18 or so, I would teach them right. or have the resources to teach them or have like people or staff or something. I would run some sort of foster home slash school. Right. Okay. That's always something I always pictured when I was younger. Yeah. I'm not saying it's an actual project yet because in my head it was just like a passing dream and I just kind of kept it because I just I like to go back to it a lot. That on top of that, I would like to adopt. Okay. As well. Mm. nice that sounds plausible yeah. i don't see why yeah. you couldn't where would you do it would you do it back in the u.s or would you do it in not in the u.s i feel like the u.s <clears throat> has the opportunity to create a lot for the kids that don't have homes okay i would go somewhere where they don't have that opportunity because either the the country itself the politicians or the policies itself aren't really set or whatever but a place where like they're not ready for that yet and they don't have the resources or anything for it even if they're ready like they don't have the resources for example they don't have the books they don't know where to start right but not saying i do but you know like if in the future if i ever did get rich hypothetically or get successful enough where i'm able to get all the materials that i need for that i would like to do that like that's where i would end up i wouldn't like it wouldn't be a passing project it would be where i finally settle and i would not move again okay it's like that type of lifestyle. Okay. That sounds good. So that's like a settling down dream. Yeah. Okay. Yep. There's nothing wrong with that. Love yeah. It. Yeah. That's, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that at all. When you choose to settle down or when we choose to settle down, because who knows when the fuck that's going to be. <laughs> right. I have no clue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, at least, I'm like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So. Where are you going after? I don't know. Actually, <laughs> I have no clue, honestly, but um, I'm actually strongly considering Mexico. Oh, sweet. Or Mexico, actually, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'll probably do two or three years mm-hmm. in Korea. Mm-hmm. I'm six months in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'll probably go to Mexico mm-hmm. and maybe just go around Latin America for a couple of years. And then mm-hmm. after that, we'll see. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But sweet. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, things change. Plans yeah. change and, you mm-hmm. know, the world changes and, you mm-hmm. know, but that would be my, that's like my, my long-term tentative plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, we'll see. Just say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but again, like, I if you know, if I could, then I would try to hit like every country. Right. You know, like ideally, it would be cool to live in every country for like at least a year. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, and just experience all that. Um, realistically, I won't be able to do that unless I have a few lifetimes. Mm-hmm. But ideally, that's what I would like to do, and just and learn everything or as much as I can within that time period. Right. Um, you know, to really try to really like appreciate everything mm-hmm. within that country. Um, but you know, I think three months. You know, it's good if I'm trying to get to a, the majority of countries in the world. Um, but if there were less countries, I would definitely spend more time there for sure. Right. Now, here's the the uh, cliche question a lot of people probably ask you and I as well, or ask you and me. Don't you ever get lonely with that type of lifestyle? Yeah. yeah. It's funny that you bring that up because I actually had that, like, <clears throat> epiphany. Mm. Um, I don't know if it was yesterday or, like, the day before. Mm-hmm. I kind of realized that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... And, you know, a lot of my friends are settling down now or have been settled down. Right. Um, so, you know, they always ask me, like, oh, you know, like, are you dating anybody? Are you seeing anybody? And 
just like no <laughs> like i'm not like I don't, i'm not rejecting it because i'm definitely open to it but mm-hmm. the problems that i've had in the past and i still have now is that i start something and then you know i'm just like well i gotta go i'm like <laughs> i'm leaving and right. then it just doesn't work out um <clears throat> long distance relationships generally don't work and mm-hmm. even though i've tried sometimes they don't work um and then you know when you tell somebody like hey like this is my plan this is what i like to do um especially for people who are more grounded they just can't get with that and i how ho- i don't hold anything against them you know right. at all like i don't take it personal at all it's just the way it is so mm-hmm. um yeah so yeah sometimes it is a, a lonely life um i mean i i like being single like mm-hmm. for sure i'm like i'm definitely not bad at it <laughs> i'm pretty good at it but you know i, I there are often times where i'm just like yeah it is kind of lonely and i definitely want to have these experiences and share these experiences and have a partner and you know do all these things um but i guess it's just not happened yet mm-hmm. so we'll see yeah i get it you know now mm-hmm. how about you for me yeah um i would say all my life i had planned to leave and always move and move and move okay so the first thing i always i first time i ever moved in my life was when i moved from the west coast to the east coast mm-hmm. And at that moment, that's when I realized I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life. Right. Because when I was doing it, all I kept thinking is like, I'm so excited. I'm about to get onto the plane. Like I was this tiny little girl ready to move. And everyone around me was crying and weeping because to them, they were more probably aware of what was happening. Like we're moving to a whole new place, starting a whole new life, et cetera. Me, I'm like, yeah, I want to see my bedroom. Right. ready to decorate. Like, <laughs> let's <laughs> I was go. just so pumped. I'm down. And I, that was when I realized, oh, wow, I'm not having the response I should be having for a small little girl. Right. And I thought, oh, this is what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life. Right. And so all my life, I never thought, no, I'm not going to be lonely. I always thought, I'm going to be lo- I'm not going to feel lonely. Like, I'm going to be fine. Right. And as time passed, of course, like people are getting married, people mm-hmm. are having children, settling down, getting a house. Yeah. Their biggest worry is like, oh, my fridge <clears> does not match my cupboards. Right. Like, I need to buy a new fridge. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm just like, about? shit, I'm waiting on the next paycheck to buy, like, soju. Like, I don't. Right? I'm like, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't get a choice in my interior. Right. Um, of, if Whether or not I'm lonely, I realize that it's just more of like, not... In the and not in terms of relationships, right. I realize I'm more lonely in just having a solid circle of good friends. Mm. And it's not saying that I'm not saying I don't have friends right. or a good circle of people around, a circle of people or support around me. Right, it's people, but um, it's more of as you continue to grow abroad you realize everyone grows differently abroad than they do back at home it's true yeah and our needs and wants change so quickly yeah so when you meet someone here abroad and they everyone right away you click because you are looking for a friend you're looking for the companionship and then after a few months or maybe a year or so you finally change because you finally go back to what you've been wanting to do some people want to exercise more some people want to um drink more they want to party more etc and some people want to get out of the town the city more so that they could travel more so everyone has different needs and you finally recognize that. And so you're lonelier now than ever because you're, you've got this smaller community to find what you need. That's true. Yeah. And I think that for me is what I would define as my lonely yeah. chapter in my life because it's more of like finding the people that really click with you. Yeah. And the way I cope with it is I realize like, oh, I don't have to satisfy my wants and needs with just like a certain group of people. It's just, okay, I'll... Like, these friends are great friends for this. And these friends, I click really well with this. And I can keep that separate. But when I... If when I decide to finally pack up and move again, I'll have to start it over again. Right. Yeah, that's the hardest part. That's definitely the hardest part. It's also, like invigorating in some ways too because you're just like oh wow it's like a whole new you right. know, whole new adventure yeah but it can take a toll on you for mm-hmm. sure yeah 
you know and the thing is like um yeah we differ on that regard because for me i have like that and i'm not bragging by the way uh, for <laughs> me i have like that foundation of like friends you know for the um and our friendships have like been through like some rough times and some great times so like those are already set mm-hmm. so like for me it's just like a matter of like i'm i'm not lonely in that regard and again i'm not like lonely like oh my god i'm depressed <laughs> it's just kind of like yeah, yeah you know sometimes i'm like you know it'd be cool to have a partner mm-hmm. and ideally it would be have a partner who has like a similar mindset to me right mm-hmm. um and not like mindset in terms of like intelligence and like interests but like hey like you know we're gonna stay in this area for a couple years and then after that we're gonna you know work together and try to figure out the next country we're gonna go to in the next country mm-hmm. and we need to make sure that we're gonna be financially stable and we'll do mm-hmm. this and we'll do that where we can have like an open conversation about what we want to do with our lives and make sure making sure that you're doing the things that you want to do mm-hmm. and i'm doing the things that i want to do and we're happy together doing it right, right? yeah that would be ideal mm-hmm. that's not easy yeah <laughs> You know what I'm saying? That's not easy at all. You know? And it's not like, you know... And of course, I'm not saying like, oh, I'm this perfect person. Like, I can, you know, totally do this on you. I'm a human being. I have my weaknesses, of course. But um you know with that being said it's possible you know what i'm saying like i would like to do that um and i also feel a little bit bad and i say like that would be the ideal person because then i wouldn't have to start a relationship with somebody here for example mm-hmm. and then like two years later or a year later or whatever and be like well <laughs> you see <laughs> i gotta go right and even though i'm open to like a long-term you know long-distance relationship a lot of people aren't you know and a mm-hmm. lot of people are they want to be more grounded and they want to build that life and that foundation for their family in that you know specific area so I think in some senses it's also unfair to them, you mm-hmm. know, and which is why another reason why I'm not <laughs> generally dating anybody is because I'm very upfront and honest. Mm-hmm. So I would just tell them like, hey, listen, like, you know, um, I'm in Korea, for example, and I'm going to be here for at least two years, probably three years. And then after that, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Most people don't like to hear that. Right. You know, yeah. Um, it's, it's a huge turn off and I completely understand it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think it would be unfair for me to tell them otherwise. Right. Because mm-hmm. I'm not being completely honest. And you're investing your time and your feelings. Right. Mm-hmm. And much more than that into that individual, you know, mm-hmm. and I just think it would be kind of like rude and in some cases disrespectful to take all that time and these emotions, these feelings on both and just exactly on both parties and just like strip it away, you mm-hmm. know, to some extent. So, you know. Yeah, and that hasn't worked out for me, you know, mm-hmm. and um, it's unfortunate, but it's just the way it is. It's so, a heavy cost, but... Yeah, it is. It's like a decision that we just all made. Yeah, exactly. Doing this, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and, and you know, there are pros and cons to it, too, mm-hmm. you know, and I think one day, like, I definitely do want to settle, and I could, if I find the right person and they want to settle down um, earlier, then, of course, we could work through that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very open and having, like, an open dialogue about the things that we want to do. Um, you know, but most people, at least who I've come into contact with, have like a very specific plan. Mm -hmm. They know when they're going to do it. They know how they're going to do it. Right. And nothing can really change them, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. or sway their mind at all in that regard. So, and and unfortunately my plans are just different. So Mm -hmm. they're not going to match up. They're just not going to match up. Right. You know, and Mm -hmm. you know, it it is what it is. Your situation though, Mm. is definitely a little bit more complex because finding that, you know, those types of relationships, and, and, and when I say relationships, I mean friendships, mm-hmm. is extremely difficult. Yeah. Extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'm curious, like, do you have a group of friends or at least some friends back home that you are on the level that you want to be with? I realized oh. that, um, well, I, it's more I feel like of... I asked that wrong. <laughs> oh, no, 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 you're fine. Yeah. I, I, I understand what you're saying. Okay, you're thanks. asking, so you're fine. It's not that I don't... I came to realize as I got older, because I'm rather young. Right now, I'm only 25. Right. So when I came abroad, I was only 23. Okay. 
Oh, was I 22? Oh, I was 22. <laughs> right, don't add oh, years I was only on. 22. Right. <laughs> I came abroad when I was 22. Um, because of that, I was still in my, of course, young mentality of being free kind of stage. And right. so was everyone else my age. And everyone's learning to grow. Everyone's also entering the adult world. And we weren't there for each other. Right. I was abroad. Everyone else was here and there. So, of course, we had our circle of friends. And when I go home, we still have that circle. But things have changed to the point where I know that I don't, I no longer go to them to talk about things and they no longer come to me to talk about their things, their concerns, or even to share happy news or anything. And when we meet up, that's when we kind of bond and have fun and such. But there is not that solid support system anymore for most people. The people who, whom I actually identified as my closest best friends right now, it's kind of like a weird patch where everyone's needs have changed. Um, mostly, um, for, like people are settling (laughs) and when they're settling, they're finding significant others. And for me, I don't understand what that's like. So I'm trying, I'm trying to adjust to it, but I also realize that I'm no longer, I view myself as no longer necessary for them. Right. And so if they need someone to talk to, or they need this, or they are concerned about that, or they just need motivation or inspiration, they have someone for that. Now they have someone to fill that void. Right. Whereas for me, I never understood that. So just friendships have changed and I'm growing a different direction. Yeah. Not purposely, not intentionally, not willingly or anything, but just simply the way life happens. Yeah. And I think because that happens and if I were to be depressed about it or sad about it, it would just kind of, it would not do me any good. Right. So in the end, I just decided, okay, then I need to learn how to live with this life that I have chosen. Right. And I decided, okay, well, I'm going to find what I need. And so it's kind of like me starting a whole new chapter, meeting new people and talking to people, saying hi, joining new communities and such. And that's when I realized this is like starting from square one. Like Mm -hmm. if I want to go out on a Saturday night, I don't have a solid base for that anymore. I'm like, I need to like make new friends who actually like to do that. Whereas my old friends, they've changed. They don't want to do that anymore. I'm like, okay, I need to like meet more people. And then if I want to have like a like a cafe, like co- coffee date with someone and just like chill with my friends. I'm like, oh, those friends don't do that. They don't right. drink coffee. It's like, okay, well, I got to find people who like coffee. Right. <laughs> exactly. And it's just like, wow, like people, it's harder for them to actually share or be interested in someone else's interests. Right. And the older we get, it seems like people aren't as open to trying new things. They're like, well, now I know what I like and what I'm comfortable with. So why change my lifestyle when I want stability in my life now? Right. And so I think it's just more of people are now wanting to stabilize their lives yeah. as we get older yeah yeah for sure yeah. yeah that transition is weird too when your friends start you know going from like you know being single to finding their significant yeah. other and then you know transitioning mm-hmm. into like marriage for example and everything mm-hmm. else and then having kids and starting a family yeah it's weird yeah it's definitely weird yeah <laughs> we're around the same age i think i'm like a year older so yeah. you know we're, we're pretty much experiencing the same thing it's weird it is, it is weird yeah it's but, it's, but the thing concept. is that we're gonna go we're going through it too you know, we're going to go through it eventually, too, you know? I don't plan to. Really? Yeah. Okay. Like, that's the thing. Like, I grew up not ever thinking of that. Yeah. So, for me, it's just kind of like, oh, okay, some people do that. Right. And then I never thought I would. Right. So, that's why I'm like, I have to get used to this now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I got to get just now before, like, it hits me hard or something. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. coping well with it so far, step by step. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah it's, it's going to take time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um. And the thing, the problem that I have sometimes too is not being able to uh, communicate 
mm-hmm. as best as I want to with my friends too. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's on both parties. I'm not going to say it's all my fault, but um, you know, being able to say, Hey, like, what's up? What's going on? Like, mm-hmm. how's the family? Like, what are you doing? How's your, you know, your boyfriend or your husband or fiance, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, like hit me up so we can talk. And sometimes they're too busy and sometimes they're not. And, you know, then they talk to you and, but it's sometimes the relationship is different, right? Yeah. Because you have a whole new person, which, essentially yeah. brings on a whole new dynamic into the relationship which may have changed them like you said mm-hmm. um so yeah it does change things up a little bit but mm-hmm. i think that if once you find that those like those friends for example like that core group or that core person or whatever that may be like it'll never change like it might it might you know be modified a little bit mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying in the sense of like okay well i have like you know two kids now or whatever but our relationship is still the same will we be able to talk as much probably not will we be able to hang out and have coffee as much probably not but you know if we need to call each other and be like hey like i need you to like you know help me shovel this guy in a ditch you know, that person will <laughs> be those ready those are the friendships those you are the, search for <laughs> those are the friendships you search for yeah <laughs> yep. and those are not easy to find you know those are not easy yeah. to find and sometimes oh, you yeah. can you can find that person and you know you can get to that level in a few months and sometimes it takes years and sometimes mm-hmm. it just doesn't happen you know so um, you know you'll be all right oh yeah, I, yeah i'm fine like i'm not like depressed or anything about yeah it. yeah it's just no, kind it's of the like same thing yeah. you realize things as you continue to travel exactly yeah 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 exactly <laughs> well it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that because like i said i had like my brief epiphany the other day about like this this very subject so mm-hmm. and um you know it's just something you're realizing you mm-hmm. know something you're realizing and it's not a bad thing so yeah yeah it's good i think being able to realize it and face it head on mm-hmm. you know and I'm not, you know, I'm not boasting for you and I, but like, I think being able to, you know, realize that and face it head on helps us learn, you know, and become better people. Yeah. You know, especially when tackling, you know, these things, yeah. you know, so. It keeps us open as well. To yeah, like, for sure. Oh, what can I do to solve this problem? And exactly. then you're already trying to solve it. So solutions come. Right. Exactly. And you're open to like, okay, let me try that out. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. Totally mm-hmm. agree with you. Mm hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. Now, let's get into mm. a unique story that you've had while traveling abroad. Oh. Or a funny story. It doesn't mm. matter. It could be stories, you know. It doesn't really matter uh, what you want to do. But, yeah, oh. tell me something. Tell me something. I've heard, I've heard quite a few already. On really? Here. Yeah. I don't know if I could top there. <laughs> you already heard my Dead Sea story. So, <laughs> yeah, like, right. that's one of my favorite memories of all time. Yeah. Um, oh. I One thing I think is hilarious, and I, I it comes out as boasting, and I don't mean to boast, but it's pretty awesome. <laughs> um, it's the fact that I've met the president of Cyprus. Oh, really? The well, so Cyprus, as you know, is divided, right? It has right. the northern, oh, it has yes, the sir. northern side and the southern side. Oh, okay. And I went to Cyprus for about a week and a half for research. That yeah. same trip that I went to Jordan. Oh, really? Nice. After Jordan, we went to Cyprus, and it was interesting that so we went there to study the conflict between the north and the south. Right. And we had already a few um, meetings set in place, some appointments with some um, political parties, especially in the North. And we had already the appointment to meet the president of the North, a meeting with him, actually. Mm-hmm. And then also a president, a meeting with the former president in the South. Okay. And while we were there, I remember being in the hotel. We were in Nicosia, which was the city right on the border between the North and South. So you can easily walk to both sides. Nice. Uh, we were in the hotel and we decided we were... It was probably early morning or so. And we're like, okay, we got to get to our first meeting, et cetera. Everyone's getting ready, meeting in the lobby. I told everyone, oh, wait, I forgot something. I'm going to brush up. I'll be right back. Go up to my room, grab whatever it was, come back down. Everyone's already gone. I'm like, oh, 
which way did they go? Did they go? And I'm like talking to the the um, receptionist. She said, "Oh, they went down the street. I think that way." And I said, "Oh, it just followed like the trail of loud American voices, right?" <laughs> right. And she said, "You're in Cyprus, honey. Like everyone's loud. Right. You can't really best us." I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> so I decided, okay, I'll try to find them. Right. I walk around, could not find them. I'm like, all right, well, I mean, not much I could do besides just keep walking around and kind of like enjoy the sights while I'm trying to find them. So I'm just enjoying everything, and eventually, I make my way back to the hotel, and my like my director and one other um, classmate found me, and they're like, "There you are. We're this way." I'm like, "Oh, okay, sorry." Explained it. They said no problem. They grab me, and we start walking in the right direction. And along the way, we go through the alleys. The alleys of Cyprus are beautiful. You go through the alleys, and there's this old man that passes passes us. And our director greets him, says hello, and they're chatting a bit. And then he's like, "Okay, we'll see you later." And the old man was like, "Yeah, no problem." And he keeps going. And then he turns us, and like he introduces us us, us as well. And he's like, "Oh, this is Annie. This is uh, Kyle." And she was like, "You just met the former president of Cyprus." And we're like, "What?" Nice. <laughs> or like there's no there were no bodyguards there were just chilling, chilling yeah strolling down wherever <laughs> he needed to go and we said that's him he's like yeah we're gonna meet him in a few days like meeting with them we were also exhausted by the end of our trip but still a great meeting a year later i still talked to the president as well and his representative by email nice but a year later that president in the north his term ends and the person who goes into position now is the mayor that we actually spoke to the year before. Nice. And I'm like, so I met three mayors nice. of that country. <laughs> I was like, yes. yes. <laughs> and that Score. was probably one of my favorites. And I have, we have like gifts from him. We have like a pen, like saying like from the president and all these, these things. So I'm like, I met three presidents. So in a way, you know how like the whole like seven, what's it called? Like the seven connections kind of thing. What's it called? Like, you are connected to everyone in the world by only seven people kind of thing. Oh, no, I've never, I, I know what you're talking about. I don't know the term, though. Yeah, there's yeah. like, mm, yeah, I forget what it's called. But basically, like, people believe, like, you can actually link yourself to everyone in the world using only seven connections. Oh, okay. And That's I'm like, I so believe it. Yeah. In a way, I'm like, I already met everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, at this point, if you traveled, you basically have met almost everybody through just seven, I think. Right. Yeah. yeah, I think it's true. Like, yeah. I definitely think it's true. Like, I, the thing is, is, like, most people don't understand that we're more connected than we think we are. Yeah. You know, for sure. You know? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I totally agree with that. It's that's pretty crazy. cool. Yeah. Man, you know. Like, that story, like, I won't ever hear something like that again. I was like, yeah. oh, that's my story. <laughs> See, I, w- I wish you would have known that before, because then you could have been like, hey, hey, man, like, you're the mayor, the, you're the president. What kind of parties do you throw? Right. <laughs> Right? Actually, yeah. when I was in Turkey, like that same break, that same vacation, yeah, we met one of the political leaders there. Like he was probably part of parliament, and he took us out to drinks. Nice. And then he also took us out to like a bar <clears throat> club ish area. It's like just every time you come back to Turkey, come here, just say my name. Like everything's paid for. We're like, okay, we'll yeah, keep it in mind. Hell yeah, <laughs> like Absolutely. things like that. Like it's just kind of cool. No, that sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah, I would take advantage of that. He wouldn't oh, yeah. like me. <laughs> yeah, I would totally take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anytime I go to Turkey, I get free alcohol. Always. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. in the capital, I'm there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I know which bar to go to. Uh-huh. Exactly. Mm-hmm. No, nah, that's so, ah, oh, man, that's so cool. Yeah. That's such a cool story. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any other ones? Unique ones? I mean, it doesn't mm-hmm. have, okay, yeah. So here's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. At first, when I was telling people, I was like, oh, yeah, like funny, I said funny stories from abroad, right? Yeah. They'd be like, well, it's not always going to be funny. I was like, okay, that's a good point. So let's just say unique, but it could be any story. I should yeah. just change that text to like <laughs> any story from abroad. Any story. That would be, and I, I guess mm. like, I want it to be like 
interesting, right? Yeah. Because we're going to have people listen to this. You don't want to, like, tell them, like, a boring story. Like, one time I went traveling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> one time I went down the street and I bought coffee beans from this guy. And the coffee we beans were not really... and I won. Exactly. Yeah, so I don't want, like... There's nothing wrong with that. Like, that's a nice story in and of itself, of course. Yeah. But I was thinking something more, you know, intriguing where the listener's mm-hmm. like, Oh, shit. What, ha- <laughs> what happened in Cyprus? Yeah. You know, what happened to the coffee guy? He was really a spy? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you know, something like that. Yeah. I was in a uh, store abroad that got shot at. Really? Yeah, I was. That Jeez. was in Turkey. <laughs> that was in Turkey. Yeah, that was actually. I think so. Protests are, of course, like right now they're still happening in Turkey. Yep. At that time, it was spring of 2013. The protests then weren't the political protests and demonstrations that you see now on the news. Right. At that time, they were more economically okay. based, and so we were. Which city were we in? Maybe Istanbul. And it was the last day, and that was the only day where we're like, we have no plans. Right. We, well, we only had to meet like one group in the morning, and then after that, we're like, you can, you're free, you can do whatever you want. Nice. And you're like, yes. So we're like, every- <laughs> and finally, like walked out. We're like, okay, where do we go? And some of us just like went shopping, just like sightseeing, like we were just sightseeing, nice. window shopping, etc. I went into a store called Mango, and those listeners of yours who are actually from Europe, they'll know Mango. Right. And I went to Mango, and I went to the second floor. And suddenly, as and there are like three floors, there's like a basement too. Suddenly, they closed the the store, mm-hmm. and they had some announcement in Turkish and then in English saying like, "Please remain indoors, um, just as a precaution. We're just like, do do not panic, etc. Like, just wait a minute, kind of thing." We're like, "What's going on? What's going on?" And maybe there were th- two other people I, that I knew in the store, so we're like, "What's going on? Let's find out." So we go to the first floor check out and we see a bullet hole in the window oh no and like the entire front of the store is actually just all glass it's not even a wall so you could obviously see it from the second floor as well like there's a bullet hole in the window like what the heck just happened and eventually someone was able to decipher what happened or someone knew english or something and they said yeah there are demonstrations outside or protests and then people came police came through like tear gas i think right and then like stopped it and everything like died down so we went outside after everything everything died down. We met some other friends, and my classmates even said, "Yeah, we were so close. Like we actually started like feeling it in our eyes, and we started to tear up. So we had to like run out of there." Yeah, I'm yeah. like, "Say what? Damn!" I'm like, "What? <laughs> we were like shot at, right. <laughs> and it's just kind of like crazy." After that, everyone went back to normal. Right. They were shopping. They were doing whatever they needed to do right. or wanted to do. It was like an everyday thing. It's yeah, all good. no worries. Like, I mean, it's so you like didn't hear the gunshot. I didn't hear it. Yeah, oh, there was, of course, loud music as oh, yeah, yeah. you would hear in like Zara or H and M, I guess. Right. So we didn't hear it, but we saw like the um, the uh, what's it called? They had like this announcement board in the store. Yeah. And they were trying to. There was like this ticketing, um, the words like ticketing at the bottom saying yeah. like please stay indoors, etc. Just for the next like what so and so minutes or something. And so that's when we looked and we saw like someone like tapped my shoulder and like pointed it to the window I'm like oh look like a hole (laughs) that wasn't there before (laughs) yeah right that wasn't there when I walked in here Uh, did I do that no (laughs) I'm American but no nah yeah I'm not that crazy yeah Mm -hmm. That's that's interesting. Oh, that's yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, it's yeah. very interesting. Like things like that, and in a way, like we're also experiencing a war itself in Korea. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely. Pretty interesting right now. It is. It is. Yeah, yeah I've definitely received my sh- fair share of texts. Yeah, you need to leave Korea. Right. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, ah, everything's fine here. There's yeah. even a video that we've been passing around as expats here, saying like Koreans here are not at all 
panicked. Yeah, they're chilling. They're just chilling. Yeah, they're just like, oh, uh, uh, oh, oh, it's our annual threat. Oh, okay. Right, they said that. Cool, yeah, like, it's like our annual thing. Yeah, all the time, yeah, it happens blah. all the time. Yeah. Well, you know, one of my friends left. She got freaked out. Trump freaked really? her out. Yeah, big time. Yeah. She, she actually left. Yeah, she, she was in Seoul. And there was other contributing factors. And, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, Trump's rhetoric essentially just was like the kicker. You know, mm-hmm. just like, fuck this. And, and I don't blame her at all. You know, yeah. I get it. So, but yeah, you're right. Like, most Koreans are just like, oh, it's just like an annual thread. Nothing's going to happen. It's all good. But some will say, well, yeah, it is like an annual thread. But now there is Trump, you know? Yeah. And now, you know, Kim Jong-un is acting a little bit more reckless, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, in a sense, it, it is mm-hmm. different. I think as an expat, when we first came here, all of us, we probably didn't know how to react to a lot of these types of news. Yeah. And we looked to the locals. And a lot of locals just told us, like, we're not even thinking about it. We're right. not even speaking about it. We're just, it's just, it's there. Right. And they said things like, oh, he's not dumb enough. We're just like, mm, he's not yeah, going to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> and I always wonder, like, is that the right mindset I should be having as an outsider? Because if something were to happen, what, like, my reaction and what I need to do is different from what they need to do. Right. And so I need to be more aware. Or is it really something I really need to invest my time and energy into worrying about? Yeah. So it's it's weird. The situation itself is just weird. It We're is, In yeah. a war. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You know, I think to an extent, I would I would definitely say have a contingency plan. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always right. tried to have one, and mm-hmm. I'm still formulating mine here. Mm-hmm. But... It's important because you don't know what's going to happen. And if mm-hmm. something does happen, which hopefully it doesn't, mm-hmm. you want to be prepared for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I agree with you. Like if my, my state of mind is like if the locals are not freaking out and if like my government and like the Korean government hasn't like told me verbatim, like you need to get the fuck out. <laughs> I'm good. I'm chilling. You know, actually, Mike and I talked about this too. Like the day where they were making all these threats between North Korea and the U.S. and such and right. talking about the fleets and everything. That same day, Mike and I were hanging out. And we're like, so hypothetically. If something happens right now, what are we gonna do? Right. And we like created this plan. We're like, okay, we're gonna go here. I'm gonna go here. Well, I don't. I wouldn't even have my password. What? I, what would I do? It's like, okay, we gotta rush back for our passwords. Right. <laughs> like we're planning this entire thing. Like, okay, if something happens to him, and he even said, like, I'm going to China. Like, I know people there. I know what to do there. Like, I'd be set there. I'm like, yeah. I don't know Chinese. I'll go to Japan. Yeah. And he said, you're not that much safer, safer there. in Japan. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but I know the language. Right. And I know no one's gonna bother me if I'm all the way up north. So right. I'm gonna go there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like there are I'd be safer there than I would be in China like right. I would not know what to do how to get around like I wouldn't know who to trust yeah whereas if I'm in Japan I'll know what to do I'll yeah. know how to co- communicate and get myself around okay and like how to find the embassy how to get like onto the train everything right and he's like oh that makes sense I'm yeah. like, and if I don't have my passport I'll just jump onto a boat right <laughs> <laughs> like I'll figure it out yeah of course like I'll or I have enough cash to get you what you want. Right. Yeah. Yep. Or just a smile, you know? Some people yeah. just have that, like, smile. Like, They're like, I gotta get in the country, please. Pretty, please. <laughs> or, or tears. Or tears. Yeah, just people, like, a smile or tears, like, you know. Or both. Like, yeah. And, like, when you say thank you, like, oh, you just saved my life. Like, you'll oh, exactly. forever remember that. I'll forever cherish you yes. forever. Yeah. yeah. And, and then like, you could, like, oh, just well. accentuate that. Like, my kids yeah. and my grandkids. I'll name my kids <laughs> after you. And my grand. I'm gonna write a What's book about name? you. What's your name? What's your name? I'll remember you. I'll, like, get your name tattooed on my arm. Hell yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be pretty yeah that'd be pretty funny um yeah hopefully we don't have to do that actually yeah <laughs> right. hopefully that doesn't happen yeah yeah but no you're right um yeah we are in a very unique situation being here for sure and mm-hmm. you know in a very volatile time mm-hmm. um with some politicians including trump that are pretty you know vocal yeah vocal <laughs> and crazy in a lot of ways you know yeah. um rash 
might be the brash truth. is definitely definitely yeah. like a good term for it yeah um the other thing is too that i i, I you know i talk to my friends and I'm not on Facebook often, but like when I do, and it's typically, you know, including politics. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, you know, for all these people who are like who are warmongers and people who want to go to war and fight each other, you do that and leave the rest of us alone. Right. You know, and yeah. I and I just propose like a Hunger Games style. I was like, why mm-hmm. don't you take everybody who wants to go to war and do all that shit? You put them on a boat or a plane or whatever. Let them do you it. take them to an island. You let them do that to each other, and winners get the island. Right. Okay, that's it. But you can't leave. Yeah, and if you they're like, well, there. we don't want to physically play. I'm like, how do you think the rest of us Exactly, that? right. Yeah, rinse, rinse and repeat. You know what I'm saying? Right. Everybody who wants to, you know, have that rhetoric and you want to do all that, go go ahead and kill each other and leave everybody else out mm-hmm. of it. Because in my travels and my experiences, and I'm sure you can relate to this, everybody, you know, who my vet, they just want to live and chill. Right. Like, they realize that, like, hey, like, this, you know, to an extent, like, they realize, like, this is the life we have, mm-hmm. right? I don't want it to be cut short by some asshole who wants to go to war or, you know, in this, mm-hmm. in a lot of cases, like, get money, right? Because mm-hmm. war is business. Um, and the innocent civilians die, right? And mm-hmm. every single time, right? Um, there are always going to be innocents. And of course, there are, you know, the soldiers. And, and that's the other thing, too. Like, I have a lot of friends in the military, and I'm almost one in the military. I don't want to include our military personnel into needless wars, right? That's happened right. enough, right. you know? Mm-hmm. And I think having a military is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. You want to be able to defend your people. But I don't think using them in brute force and aggressively is the right way to do it. Right. You know, and I don't want to put my military men. Needlessly. Exactly. As well. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's no. If I wouldn't do this. it, then I'm not going to send anybody else to do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I just think that, and of course, like, that's a relative thing and it's very subjective. But at the same time, like, that, being able to relate to that mm-hmm. is a huge thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I totally think that, you know, um, innocence and people who should not suffer and get caught up in wars and skirmishes and you know and bombs and all that stuff happen all the time Mm -hmm. it happens on a daily basis in in other countries and some people realize that you know some people live it and some people don't notice that at all Mm -hmm. until it happens to them you know Mm -hmm. um and i just think that yeah that's not cool and i think that we need to get out of that Mm -hmm. you know as soon as possible so like hey you you want to fight somebody you want to kill somebody you want to go to war with somebody else then that's fine you can do that personally Mm -hmm. but don't bring anybody else into it you know? But here's the, I guess, one of the things that they would try, a lot of politicians would try and defend themselves with, is that they would say, well, North Korea has nuclear weapons, right. or North Korea has a lot of, uh, what's it called, concentration camps, and right. that they have, a, they've <clears throat> abused a lot of human rights, right. and they have all these reasons why we should be more active in the region, and so it kind of goes back and forth between like right and wrong, whereas right. many times in the past we've we've ignored a lot of uh, human rights abuses, right? And um, violations, I mean. But um, yeah, and so. politically, mm. I I understand that, but I also don't understand that. And the thing is, like, we're we're actually yeah. coming on a subject too that Andrew and I talked about last week. Like, what is the limit, right? Where mm. should we stop? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, North, okay, whatever. North Korea has nuclear weapons. That's fine. There's lots of countries that have nuclear weapons, mm-hmm. right? Lots. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> so we can't say this. Oh, they have nuclear weapons. Oh, they're more viable to using it. Well, we're the we're the only country has, who has actually used nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. So we can't take that stance, mm-hmm. right? We can't say this. Oh, they're probably going to use it. Well, we we've, we've used two, mm-hmm. right? So we we can't take that stance. We can't take that defense at all. Um, now, okay, yeah, concentration camps and like human rights issues. Yeah, but there are lots of countries that also have human rights issues, mm-hmm. right? And in some countries, we actually endorse them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we can actually just take Israel and Palestine, for example, um, and uh, what else? And Iraq, 
right? Um, Afghanistan, like a lot of Middle Eastern countries. You know, I'm probably going to catch some heat on that politically. But at the same time, if you look at the history, they're there. And I'm not going to say like any of these countries are perfect. But human rights abuses, uh, you know, in those countries and like in Yemen, for example, are definitely present and they're there. But we ignore them, yeah. right? And we ignore them for our own political and geopolitical reasons. Yeah. And that's unfortunate. Um, so we can't sit there and say that North Korea is a special case because it's not. I think for me, it it doesn't matter where or what it is. Like, it's more of how we do it. Right. Because I think just saying, like, well, we just got to get in there and just do something about it. I think that's when it gets to the point of, like, wait, wait, wait. Like, let's, let's think this through. You've got, to, you've got to have a plan. Right. And if he, if Trump actually shows that he has a plan, of course, he would never reveal it because he claims, oh, if I tell you, then the media. Right, exactly. Like, everyone would know what kind of president <laughs> would I be if I, that happens. Right. And I thought, well, at least convince the people that you have a plan instead of right. saying, like, I decided to bomb Iraq when it was, like, Syria instead. Right. And just, just, just being so unaware of i think what goes on in the rest of the world makes the rest of us unsure of what he's going to do right and he'll like there was a joke he'll mix up the koreas and accidentally bomb the wrong one like right. things like that, that like, <laughs> yeah we're just like up. wait would he yeah yeah <laughs> like he wouldn't right yeah, yeah well you never know eh? that's the thing you never know yeah 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 i mean i get that i mm-hmm. totally get that but i mean I agree with you, but at the same time, like, mm-hmm. the question is, like, when when, are, when does our role end? Like, mm-hmm. what are our our boundaries, right. for example? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think that we just, I think America and other countries just kind of need to mind their business to an extent. You know, I think I, we need to focus on, like, the actual country. Yeah, and we well. have we have our own human rights abuses in our own country. You know, we have we have so much on. of our own shit that we need to be focusing on, and mm-hmm. we're not. And, you know, and I think other countries will happily say the same thing about us, and they're, <laughs> and they're absolutely correct. Yeah. You know, so and I don't think, I don't think we need to you know we had this big stick policy and we've and for a long time we continue to use it and i think that we just need to you know dial that back a little bit and we need to focus more internally um than we externally um mm-hmm. however for geopolitical reasons and other reasons of course like people will disagree with me and i get that but we need to just chill you know what i'm saying and we and somebody need we need to put boundaries on ourselves mm-hmm. you know we need there's certain limitations and we can't just like just tell other countries what to do you know mm-hmm. we can't do that it's you like, know, if there's you were to install this system, you would become like us. Right, exactly. And there are, there are limits. And mm-hmm. that's essentially what I'm saying. Like, there are limits and we need to chill. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that like, and I've had conversations with other people of this too. Like, not everybody's supposed to be a democracy, right? Mm-hmm. Not everybody wants to be a democracy. Accept it. You know, like, you don't have to like it. And it may not benefit everybody in the long run, but it's just the way it is. Democracy works for some people and for some, and for some countries. And that's okay. And it's not going to work for others. But we can't sit here and say, like, yes, you have to be this way. Mm. Right. If they don't want to be that way, then don't let them be that way. You know, don't force them to be something that they're not. And for a country who, you know, really prides itself in individualism, for example, um us trying to force other countries to to be like us is not what we represent mm-hmm. right and it's not something we're supposed to represent mm-hmm. but yet we're we're doing it anyway mm-hmm. you know so i i just think it's really unfair and i think we just need to step back and chill mm-hmm. and i think we just need to let countries work out their own and, and i'm not saying we should do nothing yeah, if we can support them and we can help them we can help these people you know diplomatically right and politically and in the appropriate way without costing people lives right and without like causing you know nuclear tensions or like you know um or rhetoric of war then 
we should do that. I'm not saying we have to like completely disappear and not do anything. I'm just simply saying, and like you're saying too, there's a better way of doing it, mm. right? And we should have like a, a good plan that is constructed and well thought out by mm. intelligent individuals, you know, and we should be able to formulate that plan and implement it. Mm-hmm. And if we can't do that, then we don't do anything, right? Saying that like, oh, well, we're a superpower. We have these power. We have 10,000 nukes and we have like, you know, this naval ship over here and we have this naval ship over here and we have the Thad now. We have all this other stuff. Like that's not doing anything mm. except just like threatening them. Mm. Everybody understands you have the biggest badass military in the world and we you have a lot it. of, you know, we, mm-hmm. we get this, you know, mm-hmm. you don't need to rub it in our faces and that doesn't make us look good at all. That just makes people hate us more, mm. you know? And people always say, oh, they hate us. Well, there's reasons why they hate us. It's not, the shit didn't just come out of nowhere. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, it definitely stemmed from things. And people don't seem to realize that. So, I mean, the sad part as well is a lot of Americans don't realize that people hate, a lot of countries hate Americans. Right. Because they're not really kept, they don't keep up with international relations. It's true. They don't keep up with news. So when they finally decide, I want to travel, I want to go and see the world, and they get abroad and they're like, and all the Europeans and Asians who actually know American politics, they, right. they question, why is your country doing this? Why is your country doing that? And then Americans are actually baffled. We're like, we didn't know that. Yeah. We, we did what? <laughs> we did what? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just a lot of the politicians just don't, politicians don't really broadcast what they do. Right. And so I'm not saying all, in all cases, but there are some cases where like, Americans aren't even aware of the stereotypes against us. Right. And it's kind of unfortunate because it makes people wonder, why do they hate us? And it's like, well, sorry, but your, your leaders have been doing this. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or your economy actually affected everyone else. And That's like, true. just these things happen and we don't have the, media to kind of inform us right on what's important yeah you know the media is a whole different story too oh yeah you know that's a whole different story another thing i wanted to add about the democracy point you had mentioned where not all countries are meant for democracies i also believe that not all countries are ready right a lot of times americans have actually went in and tried so hard to quickly set up a democratic system right and those societies aren't aren't ready to vote for a successful leader absolutely they're ready to vote for who they like right whom they like and because of that that causes that internal conflict later on right in the run yeah i absolutely agree like yeah you are absolutely correct like and and i should have mentioned that earlier like yeah you're right they're not ready and they're not ready on a variety of levels you Mm know um whether it be culturally or educationally which is Mm -hmm. a big thing you know or, or politically speaking um, you know, being able to know the different policies that would be enacted and how that would affect their economy, for example, that's what I mean. Or even institutionally, they don't have the institution to provide Absolutely. the resources. Yeah, I, t- yeah, I totally agree with yeah. you, and that's there. Um, but you know, there's definitely like a, that also point the the point that I made earlier, which is like you know, some people just maybe just don't want that. You know, and and I understand that because sometimes they look at a democratic system like our own. They're like, that's a broken system too. <laughs> Democracy is not a perfect system, you know, and it's not perfect ours. Exactly, ours, yeah. like we have shit with our own system, you know, and that's that's <laughs> seen in the news the every day, you know. And they're yeah. like, why are you trying to force this upon us when you don't even have your own shit together, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, like I totally agree with your point, and you know, there's 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 a lot to it. There's a lot to it. And it's a learning system and we're not we're not perfect mm-hmm. uh, for sure. But yeah, I just don't think that we need to like, you know, tell other people how to do things, mm-hmm. you know, especially if we're not doing it correctly ourselves. It's, mm-hmm. it's hypocritical. You know, it's hypocritical. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, a lot of the attention that is focused abroad can be focused at home. And like, you know, like we said earlier, there are so many things that we need to handle at home that we need to just like leave other countries alone and just like just focus on our own shit. 
You know, so many things. If we want to be the role model, we have to actually be. You have to do it from home, role model. right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I get that. I, yeah. I, yeah. Exactly. You know, and I think that, and like you said, like if we really want to be a true role model, like if we really want to be able to represent everything, mm-hmm. right? Um, and really be that country that everybody else looks up to mm-hmm. from every perspective, then we need to do that, and we need to be able to show that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not just talking about economically and militarily, for example, and politically, but like, you know, culturally. socially as well and yeah. culturally, you know, mm-hmm. and we, we truly can be that beacon. Um, and we really can be like that, that, you know, country where people are like, wow, you know, they've like, got their, they've got it, they've got it, mm-hmm. you know, they've got the population, they got the people, they mm-hmm. have the education, they have the, uh, the economy, they have everything. Even you educationally, know? we're also behind. That's true. Yeah, we are lacking for sure. Mm-hmm. We are lacking. So, and, and I think that like some people don't want to, to notice that, um, or at least they don't want to accept it. Some people will notice, like, oh no, we're still the best though. We're still the best. Mm-hmm. Similarly, it's not true. Mm-hmm. So it's a problem. It's a problem for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry. I'm going off like a little bit on No, 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 tirade. you're fine. I'm perfectly <laughs> fine. I love conversations like these. Yeah. I'm sorry for anyone who isn't ready for this type of conversation. <laughs> They're like, damn it. What is this? Yeah. 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 This is what happens when you talk with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nothing wrong with that at all. No, I enjoy these conversations too, for sure. Mm-hmm. I, what's your degree in, by the way? Oh, political science. Yeah, me too. That's <laughs> oh, really? I figured, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, but with like an international focus. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, yeah. I wanted IR, but when I finally decided upon that field, I was already in Japanese as a major. Yeah. And then my school didn't offer IR as a major, just as a minor. So then I picked up. So you did that. Science. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's I interesting. Just, like doubled everything. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. That's the smart way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My school didn't have IR either. Like, international relations for people who don't know. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Didn't have it either. So I did politics. Mm-hmm. Originally, I wanted to do philosophy. Philosophy. Mm-hmm. And then my school didn't have a philosophy degree. So I did okay. politics with my minors in philosophy. Mm-hmm. But politically, I focused more on international. Mm-hmm. So typically what I would yep. do um, is like have an international focus on my papers. Yeah. And my professors generally didn't care as much, you know. Yeah. Um, some of them focused more on domestic politics. And I just kind of told them, I was like, you know, I don't like domestic politics. It's annoying. Mm-hmm. They're like, we understand. You can focus internationally if Compared you want to. Yeah, exactly. Compared to politics. Yeah, exactly. Compared to politics. International law, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Maybe conflict resolution. Yep. It's just a lot more intriguing. Yeah, for sure. And you can apply it also domestically as well. It's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, you totally apply it domestically. Mm-hmm. And um, and then my master's is in international education. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So I'm writing my thesis now. Um, I'm actually, I just applied for uh, a master's program. Which one? Um, I Well, I actually got into the program I wanted years ago. Yeah. And then I told them, I actually want to go to Korea and okay. work about two to three years and then reapply. And they said, okay. So I'm reapplying now, but then I actually found out that program is available now online what school as part-time king's college london king's college london okay cool so you're gonna do that part-time then online yeah i have to get accepted i'm just waiting and ah, waiting and couldn't waiting. you like defer it though you deferred it right i could have but then it would have costed about three thousand oh, dollars to defer damn. it for only one year oh hell no. and you could have like it would have gone for two years but every year they renew the policy and then they actually bring it to the board and if they decided we're going to get rid of this deferment policy then that is the year i would have to join right and if i'm not ready and i'm still in korea then it would just kind of throw everything off so okay. i told them what can i do it differently they said just if you want just reapply and i'm right. like okay i could do that right so i just reapplied okay and it would be international relations and contemporary war would oh, be the field. nice and okay that'd be good pumped but yeah. so nervous <laughs> yeah no you'll be fine oh thanks <laughs> yeah you'll be fine yeah. that's cool though i'm you yeah you're, you're gonna get it don't worry i mean if you got it a couple years ago there should be no reason why you don't get it now Unless there's some sort of like different board and they're like, oh, we don't like this girl. She just yeah. keeps emailing and checking yeah. up on her. Well, that's the best vacation. way to do it. Harass them. Yeah. The more yeah. you harass them, the better. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Open the sweat. Yeah, in you'll case be fine. Someone doesn't see me. Like yeah, just... yeah. You mm-hmm. know, master's programs. This is a master's program, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'll you'll like it. You're gonna like it and, and hate it too. Like yeah. my my I'm honestly I'm kind of done with academia now. Really? Um, once I finish my thesis, I'm I was thinking about doing my PhD, and that's still like a thing. But mm-hmm. I'm just kind of I'm sick of citing authors. I'm oh, sick of citing sources. I'm yeah. I'm done with it. Mm-hmm. I hate it. Mm-hmm. I hate it so much because like. Ah man, I, I understand why it's necessary. I get it, but I just like and and I'm I like to do creative writing, so I'm so used to mm-hmm. having my own voice and my own writing that when I cite too many authors, I'm just like I don't even know. Like, I'm just basically collecting information. That's that all I'm really doing for what I want. Yeah, to exactly. Say. I'm just collecting everybody else's words and I'm just putting them in a paper. You and know how do they get published? It's exactly, like they have to have enough credentials to be able to get published by a publisher exactly basically. and then it's right. like okay well when do i get to that level right exactly mm-hmm. yeah and, it, and it's just it's just annoying you know and i and i know that for my phd level it's mm-hmm. gonna be worse mm-hmm. it's gonna be way worse i'm gonna have to do way more you mm-hmm. know so i'm just like no nah, i'm done i think after my master's i'm just gonna chill for a bit i'm excited to get back into my master's like i i've been dying to study again right. <laughs> i try and study all the time just on my own just for fun actually yeah and so even though I can keep it up, I just thought, I just want to do something. And eventually I will go abroad and actually be a student again full-time. Right. But this idea right now to study part-time online is just for the fun of it. Like yeah. I just want to feel like a student again, have something to do, have something like a course, a set course, a professor to talk to, yeah. have some resources available, have right. some uh, text to read, etc. And it's an amazing opportunity. Like I love being in school. Like I Trust mm-hmm. me. Like it's, it's like a very unique you know, mm-hmm. feeling. And like it's, I don't know. I love it. But... I don't know. We'll see. Mm. I think you're going to love it. I think you're going to enjoy it. But maybe after like I'm... After a few you know, months. <laughs> maybe after like a year. Well, it depends. Like, because my program, my program is different. Like, mm. I had to do one year of your coursework, mm. right? You get all your classes done in one yeah. year, right? And then you do like your... You have up to like five years to do your master's work. Your okay. your, your thesis, sorry. Your capstone, essentially. Mm-hmm. So that's the pro- the process I'm in now. Okay. Yeah. If I was... Not all the programs are the same, though. You know, mm. in other schools. Like, some yeah. people, you just do like year and a half work and like that's it. Mm-hmm. But us, you have to do your field research so once i finish my field research i'm done because i've already done all my coursework okay. so we need to do our thesis and then we need to do our presentation so after this i'm going to be done right mm-hmm. and i'm just gonna like i think i'm just gonna chill after that your program may not be that that way you know what i'm saying so you may not have like that disdain that i have currently mm. you know for your program they might yeah. require different things because this is online so it's probably a whole different structure so right yeah. right exactly yeah so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm talking shit now but like you may not be on the same level as i am you know by the time you get to the point that i'm at guess we'll find out i mean yeah. if i get accepted and you'll still be around i guess right yeah, for another year be. or so i'm gonna be here for at least two years so i mean okay yeah, least, you'll see me suffer or yeah. have a blast one way whichever one yeah. <laughs> yeah whichever one <laughs> yep yeah but yeah yeah i mean every program is different you know and the thing is too like it definitely makes it easier if you like the material so you really you know are passionate mm-hmm. about those fields so you're gonna enjoy it a lot more Mm-hmm. But when it comes to like writing master's level, um, you know, papers, mm-hmm. you're probably gonna hate it. Yeah, that's the one thing I'm scared of is the fact that I haven't, I have not been in academic, I haven't done academic writing right. in so long, and then also teaching kids ESL, yeah. especially young kids, you've downsized your vocabulary. Yeah, it's so true. much. It's true, and it's it suffers. You suffer from it because you read and you understand everything, but then when you want to have an intellectual conversation, you're like, what's that one word? Yeah. 
oh, how do I emphasize this? Exactly. With, besides saying good. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, you're right. And yeah, you just say good with everything. And yeah. oh, no, I understand. Yeah, academic <laughs> writing is like is like a whole different ball game. Right. And you know, and like especially when you're like citing authors, and I keep going back to that because mm. that's the most annoying for me. <laughs> you know, especially when you have your references and like mm. my 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 advisor would tell me all the time like, oh, I don't think that needs to be capitalized or this. <laughs> and I'm like, Jesus, a capitalization really? That's what you're getting on me about? <laughs> it's it's there. Accept it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I understand it too. I however I will say briefly i do think that we need to change the whole uh, citation system oh yeah the apa mla chicago that's that's too much i think it should just be like one system and it should be simplified and it's not right now and it changes all the time and it's really annoying so i would love to do that if somebody could grant me the access to do that i would i will quit my job i'll focus all my time on doing that and make everybody's life easier mm-hmm. um but yes i agree with you mm-hmm. my language capabilities English capability specifically definitely decrease. Yes. You know, when uh, I teach abroad. And actually, and it decreases even more when I learn other languages. I've noticed that. Yes. Yeah, like you, I start forgetting English when I'm learning another language. It's weird. It happens, right? It's so strange. It happens to you? Yeah. Yes, definitely. For yeah, me. I talk to my friends like, why, why do you sound like that? Like, first of all, they say, like, why are you enunciating certain words? Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, why do you, your sentence sounds weird? I'm like, well, because I'm like translating this sentence into like two other languages and of course like it's not going to come out the same or even so. you learn a certain phrase that you love in a in another language yeah and then you use it in english and it just it just, just doesn't, it doesn't sound, sound right, right. <laughs> it doesn't sound right even and you like, try to explain it be like well there's not really a way to explain it it just kind of is it sounds right in my head yeah exactly <laughs> the point is there yeah exactly <laughs> oh that's so true yeah it's definitely true it's it's like a it's a curse it's a gift and a curse for sure mm-hmm. Um, but it happens to me all the time and I feel bad too. Cause I'm like, when I'm talking to people, mm-hmm. you know, especially about like a very, uh, a subject that could be considered complex, mm-hmm. right? You're right. I have the same problems that you have sometimes. Like, I don't know how to say this. And they're like, looking at me like, come on, dude, you're stupid. And I'm like, no, but I'm not stupid. Like, I know it. I just, <laughs> I just not. don't know it right now because, I you know. I know what I'm trying to say. Exactly. You just don't know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then, like, on the way home, I'm just like, damn, I sound like a straight dumbass, didn't I? <laughs> it's like, I sound like I did not know what I was trying to say. Exactly. Like, I, I, I was making it up on the spot or yeah, something. It happens all the time. It mm. really does. And often, and the, the problem that I have, too, is that I often think about a lot of things at once Mm -hmm. like constantly constantly Mm -hmm. and the problem is is that like i'll be thinking about one point and i try to make that point but while i'm making that point i'm thinking about something completely different so then i start like bringing in other words like for making that point when i'm like i need to focus on one point at a time and then go from there so i used to be really good at backtracking my thoughts if I were to go on a ramble about something and then I had to remember, oh, what was my point? I was, I used to be able to, within just maybe two seconds, quickly go through all the topics I touched to the very first, to the very beginning and right. remember, oh, so, and this is why I connected all that and this is the conclusion. And I would be able to do that so easily. Right. And now I can't. I can't, <laughs> for the life of me, understand why I lost that ability. Damn. And I, I know, though. Yeah. I know. I'm right there with you. Yep. It's Have all you- good. Have you gotten to the point where you're speaking to a local here, a Korean or anybody who does not speak English as a native language, and they'll ask you how to say a certain word or to tra- to maybe further explain a certain English word? Yeah. And even though you understand it, your English has actually decreased to the point where you couldn't actually fully explain it. Yes. Or if they... <laughs> yes. That's I've happened. had... Um, uh, Korean people ask like how do you translate this yeah. and I understand it in Korean as well and I would not know how to translate it into English right. and I would say we might not have a word for that or I would say oh we have it 
but I can't think of it right now. Yeah. And it just, I feel so out of place. Yeah, that happens like, to me all the time. I've been a lie all this time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they're looking at me like, come on, dude, you're the native speaker. Right. You're the English teacher. <laughs> you have this education. You're supposed to know this. I'm like, I do know it. I just, I just, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, I just like, end up apologizing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, nah, I have the same problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tough. It's, mm-hmm. it's hard out here. Mm-hmm. It's hard out here. Yeah. You're not the only one. Mm-hmm. So I hope that makes you feel better. Mm-hmm. I just have to try and stay like stimulated with a lot of different either books or watching the news or something and yeah. remembering. Well, that helps. Yeah, I think yeah. that definitely ha- that helps. But mm-hmm. it, I think to some extent that it kind of hurts too because I read a lot of articles and I read a lot of personal books mm-hmm. and um, I watch a lot of YouTube videos. So I'm definitely getting like a lot of different people's like diction. Yeah, um, you know. Oh. Yeah, so sometimes like mm-hmm. and sometimes like I, I know the words and but I don't know how to use them appropriately. Like I know like the context to which in which I should use them, mm. but then I use them incorrectly. I'm like, oh damn, that sounded really stupid. <laughs> that sounded really dumb, you know. And the good thing is, is that I'm not like a professional public speaker or anything, so I don't I don't feel bad because I'm not doing this on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when I'm having conversations with people who I know are like you know extremely intelligent or whatever, and I make a mistake, and I'm yes. and then I go home later on, <laughs> and I'm like, damn. I wonder what that person thought of me. <laughs> well, too late now. Whatever. Have you ever actually messaged back saying, by the way, I meant this? Yeah, like, I've I have. done that. I have done that. Yeah, I have done Say, that. Say, by the way, I didn't mean this. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, my bad. <laughs> I understand you're better than me. Sorry. Yeah. No, I recognize I, it. Yeah. yeah. And you know, that happens with texting too. Mm-hmm. In texting, I love texting. I'm, at, I'm I'm pretty good at it, but I often say things that sometimes my friends are like, "What the fuck does that mean?" <laughs> yeah, and I'm just like, "Oh, that just try to explain it better." Mm-hmm. You know, or you say something to somebody, they take it the wrong way, which happens often. Yeah, yeah. And I'm mm-hmm. like, "No, I didn't mean it that way. I meant it this way." They're like, "Oh, okay, cool." Mm-hmm. You know, so and it's really hard to do. That's why I like sending voice messages. Yes, yeah, those, those are, fun. are fun. Yeah, those are fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you're excited little... getting them too. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But sometimes like. I have, well, for me, I always have to put in headphones when I listen to voice messages for the most part. Because mm-hmm. a lot of my friends will always send me, like, some messed up stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'll be at the school, oh, cool. <laughs> like, I got a voice message from my friend. And then I turn it on. What's up, bitch? I'm like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> There's, like, first graders and second graders around. Oh, you're, like, that. on the subway or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and people are just looking at you. And there's always, like, that one person with a smirk who's just like... <laughs> Yeah, that just happened. Exactly. <laughs> and then you have a few other people who are looking at you like, oh, like you said it. And I'm just like, like I didn't say it. it. They sent it to me. I'm the victim here. I'm like, yeah. it was spam. Yeah, was exactly. Spam. I opened an email. Shouldn't have done it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. How about you? Do you have any, any of those issues or? With like voice messages? Well, just like, you know, maybe saying something and like it didn't come out correctly, either via text message or verbally. Yeah, all the time. Especially with um, when at work, for example, you have a mix of. Korean teachers, Korean right. teachers who have been abroad, and then you also have foreigners, foreigners who have been abroad, foreigners, right. foreigners who have not been abroad, right. and you have that miscommunication between all of them, yeah. and so you try and develop a way of communicating with each and every one of them that best works so that you and that person can easily get work done, and eventually, for me, I forget to transition, so for one teacher, I'm very blunt, and I say things like, oh, we need this, we need this, can you get this, and we're done, right. and that person easily takes it, they need that, they want that, they don't want beating around the bush, they don't want you to be considerate of their feelings, because it wastes their time, so then, if I'm blunt to this person, but then this other person, I realize, is very sensitive, I can't be blunt, if I'm blunt, they're like, but... I don't understand. I need more details. Right. So you have to ha- actually sit down and say, by the way, today, this is the purpose. And to get there, we need to get this done. Right. And that works well for them. And so it's more of like verbal as well as um, written because we all communicate using either Kakao or um, Messenger or uh, Gmail, for example. Right. 
So if we say something through the messages, it's misinterpreted all the time. Yeah. Some person, some one person would actually use only just, you know, when they say like, we need this, period. Someone get this, period. Who did this? Question mark. And right. then everyone's like, that person's angry. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Misinterpretation is the biggest it's thing. It's just crazy. Whereas then when you actually know that person, that person's just texting because it's yeah. their second language. They just ask a question. Yeah, exactly. And then the other person actually asks, uh, puts in, way too many exclamation points right. and it sounds like they are yelling <laughs> yeah. or way too excited for a monday morning yeah, or a friday yeah. evening they're like who's ready for this exactly. or something we're like like why are you, <laughs> why are you like, ready for this Relax. it's like it's 7 a.m we're not even at work yet <laughs> yeah, that's funny so it's just like the way you read things you're like okay they're just they're just adding it to kind of get us excited yeah. and you have to give that extra effort to understand yeah i totally agree all yeah, the time i yeah. totally agree Mis- misrepresentation is definitely a big thing mm-hmm. like I, it's the thing that i have the you know that's the biggest most. breaker it is yeah, yeah it is and it's even worse when you don't only respond you know so, like, <laughs> you send something and they misinterpret it's like what do you mean what do you mean why hey are you there yeah. hey are you right. there you know and just like and then finally you get back to them like what did you mean and then you try to explain it but by that point they're already pissed off or mad or something and then you're just like mm. oh shit Not or just when they this. just don't respond in general oh yeah that's, that's it's like you're talking with someone and then suddenly they just like they just stop yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, like respond you're like yeah i know i asked busy? the question yeah yeah, exactly. yeah. like if, if you're busy like oh i'm doing this i'll talk to you later it's like okay yeah, thanks but like yeah. when they don't you're just like why Two days later, yeah. respond. You're like, why? Yeah, why? Or <laughs> so in Korean, I'd like, like to say it's more just like texting behavior. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, no, I totally agree mm-hmm. with you. And I, I'm generally pretty good with like responding back to messages and I try to be that way. Mm-hmm. And I wish people would give me the same respect, mm-hmm. and which most people have actually. I haven't yeah. had very minimal issues with that. But um, mm-hmm. if if they don't, I would just like them to say like, hey, I'm busy right now. I'll hit you back when I can. Right. I think you know? if I were to say anything to all your listeners, I would say, just let it be known yeah, what kind of texture you are. Exactly. And just say like, hey, sometimes I'm so busy that I'm actually, I'm not going to be able to exactly text I'm busy. Right. Like, just please disregard it and don't ever take anything personally. Right. And if it does make you uncomfortable, we could try and work it out. But I'd like you, I'd like you to be considerate of the fact that this is my schedule. Right. For example, for me, I am always on the go. So if I'm on public transportation, I generally don't like to text when I'm on like a bus or walking or something because to me, that's like my time to just kind of take in my environment. Right. And so people would text like, where are you? Or like, what's happening? And I would, it's not that I wouldn't respond or hear it. My phone's in my bag and I would not respond. And it's just kind of like, oh, that person thought that I didn't care enough to send a message saying I'm on my way. It's like, oh no, it's not that. So I would say if we were to just all be open and say, this is who I am. And I will do my best to not offend you. Right. I think everyone would at least have the empathy. Yeah, I agree. Set. Yeah, totally agree. Mm-hmm. Absolutely agree. Listeners, listen mm-hmm. to Annie. <laughs> thank you. She's thank you, right. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we should All have right. like a listen to Annie. Segment. I know, right? Yes, we should. <laughs> we should. I can guarantee you. Once this like gets like published mm-hmm. um, and like put out there in the <clears> world, when people listen to this, they're gonna like, yeah, have more of Annie. No, so, it would be so fun. Yeah. Like, I, I love doing these like, kinds, of, kinds of things. No, yeah, these are great. Like, mm-hmm. I I, don't wanted, I mainly wanted to do it because, like, I enjoy talking to people and I enjoy mm-hmm. hearing different people's perspectives and, like, mm-hmm. their lives and, like, their bucket list and their passions. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, man, I'm going to do this. Like, I don't care if a few people listen to it or nobody listens to it because at least I still had the opportunity to share that experience with that person mm-hmm. and get to know somebody else, you know, just a little bit more, mm-hmm. which could be, you know... Which could, you know, develop into like a, a great friendship or, you know, anything else. Or even else. a great discussion. Exactly. Even a great discussion. Even mind. even if we don't ever talk ever again. Like, I'm like yes. yeah, I remember that. Yep. Talk to that person for a few hours. I mean, that was amazing. She had some cool experiences and stuff like that. Mm. So, or that's even good like, oh, me. we argued all the time, but like, yeah. I had to force my mind open. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I totally agree with you. Mm-hmm. 
Well, you know what? Thank you very much for coming. I appreciate oh, yeah. it. No yeah. problem. We did good. Oh, thanks. We're at two hours now. Are we really? Yeah. yeah. Well. Yeah, see, I, I kept looking. So I hope you didn't say this as rude. I kept oh, looking no. at this because I'm like, okay, well, first of all, I should premise, uh, preface this. My computer is some shit. Oh, really? Like, I ordered a new one because, mm-hmm. like, because um, I've been having a lot of problems with this one. So I kept looking at it over and over again just to look at the sound waves, but also because, like, I saw it blank out for a second. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, shit. So I'm, I'm curious now if there was, like, a section that didn't get recorded, <clears throat> but I'm going to listen to it later. Okay. Yeah, so that's why. I hope you didn't take it as weird. No, no, no. I was actually also looking because I wanted to make sure I was loud enough, yeah. audible enough. I realized when, just probably midway through, I was a little too far. Yeah. And I think my sound waves weren't as large as they should have been so then i that gave me the hint that oh i should get closer to the mic yeah and that's the thing too there's like this screen is not really that good my new computer is gonna have a better screen so what i'm gonna mm-hmm. try to do in the future is like have it like in the middle so we can mm-hmm. both monitor it mm-hmm. i'm still learning here so cut me some okay. slack right yeah <laughs> but the good thing is is that what i'm gonna do now mm-hmm. or what i do before i like have like a final version yeah is i reduce the noise mm-hmm. right so like this ac and this other shit in the background mm-hmm. uh, won't be as loud and then i also compress it Okay. Which makes the sound waves bigger. Yeah. yeah. But this, I can hear the sound perfectly fine. So if people have like their, their volume on medium, they should be able to hear it. Mm-hmm. But for people who like to, you know, listen to it a little bit more, they can easily just, you know, Adjust. increase their volume. So it should be fine, honestly. Okay. Yeah. But it's good to know. I'm, can you really see it from there? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. And I could see how tiny the my wavelengths are. I'm like, oh, shoot. Project, Teddy, project. Yeah, yeah. But it's not a bad thing, too, because like if mm. I if you're like too loud and I compress it, it just gets really loud. You know oh, what I'm saying? Okay. So, yeah. Some, not everybody does the compression, but I understand why they do it. So, okay. It's, it's okay. Don't worry. Ah, now, this is amazing. You're amazing. Thank you very ah, much. Ah, thank you. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah, it was absolutely. fun. Nah, it was great. Yeah. And what I'm going to do is, I'm, well, we'll talk about it later. All right. Mm. Thank you very much, Annie. I appreciate yep. it. Yeah. Have <laughs> a good right, one. Sounds good. <laughs>